What up, what up, what up, what up? I appreciate everybody joining me this fine morning on this thirsty Thursday as I sip on my coffee. Got a star-studded lineup to join us today. The great Steve Kim. If you guys don't know him, he's from Jason Whitlock's Fearless. They call him the Korean Cosell. He'll be joining us in the second hour. Matt McChesney will be joining us as normal. We're going to break down tonight's football game plus all kind of bullshit about Ben Simmons. And are the Nets just the biggest shit show in the NBA? All of it brought to you by betonline.ag and candidatecbd.com. Hey, man, we got a great show in store. Make sure you pound that like button. Get ready to get your shit rocked. Peace. Appreciate everybody joining me. Hit that like button, subscribe, become a member if you're not one. Uh, let's get you started with the quote of the day. Doing what you love pisses people off. So keep doing it. That's what I say every day. Hey, dog, doing what you like, doing what you like, doing what you love pisses folks off. So keep doing that shit. Haters are our biggest fans. Don't get it twisted. Poll question tonight. Can Aaron Rodgers get his second win in a row? Can he get his second win in a row tonight? And more importantly, is it a must win for Aaron Rodgers? I think it is. I think it is. Drop your comments in the section below. Uh, appreciate everybody joining in. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Contrary to belief, brought to you by CandidatesCBD.com. Head on over to CandidatesCBD.com. Use the promo code CoachJB. Um the word politics is derived from the word poly, meaning many, and the word ticks, meaning blood-sucking parasites. So if you didn't know that, then I just wanted you to know, contrary to belief, a lot of you fuckers don't know. So here you go. And be thankful to all the difficult people in your life. They have shown us exactly who we don't want to be, contrary to belief. This little Dropping little gems this morning for you. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my main man, um, Brian Robinson. If you guys don't know who Brian Robinson is, Brian Robinson got shot earlier this year. And uh, he's a running back for Washington now. He had 26 carries for 86 yards and a touchdown the other day. Uh, Man, you know. The guy that almost fucking died to to playing the same year back in the NFL. Shout out to him, man. Kudos to him for getting it done and uh, persevering. And uh, I think they caught two shooters now, two different folk, two different people that apparently were involved in the shooting. So who knows? I don't know the story. Shit, he could be a shit bird. Uh, I don't know if he was shot just walking his doggy. Uh, I doubt it, but, you know, we'll never really know the truth because it never came out, apparently, about him. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, what's good? What's good, Slick Nick? What's good, everybody? Uh, hit that like button, subscribe, become a member. 
Got a show, a great show today. The Korean Coast Cell. Steve Kim will be joining me. If you guys watch Jason Whitlock's show, he's on there all the time. Debating with Jason. Uh, we're going to have a debate and uh, bring him on the show. He is really, really good with words, so I can't wait to have him on in the second hour. Uh, Matt will join us next hour. We'll break down tonight's football game, uh, Packers-Titans. It's a must-win, I think, for the Packers. Uh, the Titans have a pretty much stronghold on that weak division over there. Uh, but still, having said that, I, sh I know that Rabel wants to get a win. Uh, the Warriors have, uh, are they having a big hangover or are they just not that good? I got a question. Or is it just Draymond Green? Is he the outlying issue that nobody's talking about? I want to be honest. I think Draymond Green's the problem. I think everyone's kind of like over him and don't want to be around him. That's my personal opinion. I don't think cats want to be around Draymond Green on that roster. That's what it is, in my opinion. Um, I, I think Draymond Green is a fucking cancer. I think he's a bitch-made cat, and I think that he is literally holding back that roster right now. That's just my opinion. So um, I'm just looking at everybody. Look at him like, man, I'm tired of hearing you talk. I'm tired of hearing you be a fake ass good boy. You're the Derek Carr of the NBA without fucking championships. Um, Verlander gets another Cy Young. And Carr and Devontae Adams applaud the defense of Josh McDaniels by Mr. Davis. Mr. Davis defended Josh McDaniels. Derek Carr and Devontae Adams applauded it. And I want to know, Carr, you should be applauding fucking Devontae Adams for saving your ass last week. And you should be volunteering your fucking resignation to the NFL. You're fucking horrible. And I don't understand. You always want to be in the fucking limelight in the pitcher. I mean, dog, I don't know how anyone on your team has came back to your locker room and looked you in the face and said, oh, I can win with you. I want to ride or die and follow you. <laughs> There's no fucking way you can tell me that these cats want to follow Derek Carr out that tunnel this weekend. There's no way. You cannot sit here and tell me that there's an NFL player who wants to follow that fucking sobby, fake, crybaby ass, fucking bitch-made cat out of a locker this weekend. Come on, man. Come on, Bruce. Miss me with the hot takes. It's not car. <laughs> Bruce, I know you said it yesterday. I, I didn't address you because I was too busy in the chat. But come on, I got time today. Stop fucking playing. Uh, what's up with these ball brothers in the NBA? Melo got hurt again last night. Stepped on a fucking uh, stepped on an ankle of of a, of somebody. But let me ask you this: Where the fuck is Lonzo Ball? I got to be honest. Where is Lonzo Ball? And I looked it up, and dog, why is nobody talking about this? So Lonzo Ball had a meniscus tear last year. Lonzo Ball had a meniscus last year. 
Now, I, I had a meniscus tear. Um, and I think I missed no games. Zero. Z- zero games, dog. And I played back in the day where we just got a scope and they clean it out and you're back. Like, I'm tripping. Does he have a meniscus or a fucking ACL? Because why has he been gone a year and a half and nobody's talking about it? Why is this motherfucker ailing off of a meniscus, dog? Like, do you realize fucking Paul Gasol tore his meniscus in the playoffs that year? They won a championship for the Lakers and he was back in the playoffs that year for the Lakers? Like, why is it getting worse with better technology? I know why. Because we're soft as runny pussy. You're soft as running baby shit. That's why. Nobody wants to talk about it, though. We just keep allowing this soft-ass shit to occur, reoccur, and happen. Nobody's mentioning this motherfucking Lonzo Ball been out a year and a half on a meniscus. Just milking it, dog. How the fuck can you sit out so long and be happy? I'm curious. I'm curious. I know why. It's because guys like Josh Allen say, fuck it. I just play golf. I don't really work out. And guys like this motherfucker playing video games. Like, dog, this is the world we're in. Period. This is the new world order. And nobody calls them out. All you motherfuckers accept it. I think there's a problem, Houston. I really do. I think there's a problem. But what do I know, dog? What do I know? Um, pretty fucking sad. Pretty sad, to be honest with you. I, I It's unbelievable. Um <sighs> Man, we're gonna. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask Steve Kim about a bunch of things because I think uh, he'll have some good takes on uh, on these quarterbacks. There's a lot of free agents out there on the market. I'm gonna talk about today. Are they back or where are they going? There's a lot of quarterbacks that we can question as well. Can't wait to get him in. He gets in here at eight o'clock on the West Coast. Uh, so Melo got hurt last night, stepped on a fan stand. Like, I'm going I'm to be honest, dog. I don't agree with the fans being that close to the sideline of a professional sport, uh, football and basketball. I never, I never liked it. Even when cats are shooting threes, they're right there on the baseline. Why, why do they make the court so close? I don't, I don't understand why everyone has to be right there. And I, I can't believe we have not had any more catastrophic injuries uh, because of dumb shit right on the court. And I just think the proximity is very, very, too, just too fucking close. Like, it's way too close. So, I don't know. I don't get it. Um, bravo? Shit. How do we fix it? You fucking parent again. You be the parent, the adult. What do you mean? We got fucking parents that are fucking soft and allowing everything you guys allow everything i mean what do you mean how do you change it dog it ain't fucking rocket science so 
quote of the day was, doing what you love pisses people off, so keep doing it. That was the quote of the day if you missed it. Uh, keep, keep fucking, I don't know, Doc. It's not very much, it's not rocket science. You know what? When your kid walks into school and, and he don't have his fucking homework and his pen and his bag, guess what you do? You fucking whip that ass when he gets home. Bravo. How about that? How about you take his fucking cell phone? How about that? How about the first thing you do is take these motherfucking cell phones? How about do that? How about you do this? You don't pay for his cell phone. How about you don't pay for his cell phone? How about you don't fucking pay for his cell phone? That would be huge, wouldn't you? Don't you think? I think that would be very, very huge. Don't pay for his cell phone. <laughs> Karoosh, you know why? Because you're soft as pussy. That's why. Homeboy, and I think I know who you are anyway. So I think you're a soft bitch-made cat. That's why. So you think forgetting your homework and not taking it to class is an accident, right? I know. I know you do because you're fucking soft. Because you're soft pussy. That's why. When I know your son's playing your ass for a fool and you're fucking dumb and you're soft and you blind eye, you shed an eye, you turn an eye and you want to turn your head and act like it never happened because that's who you are. That's what the fucking world has become. That is what we are. It ain't no fucking accident. Motherfucker. Are you their homeboy or their dad? It's a fucking accident. My God. We're the dumbest motherfucker. We're the softest pussy fucks I've ever seen. I'm be honest. Why would I fucking punish my kid for shooting up a school? That's an accident. It was an accident, coach. Why would I do that? <laughs> Why would I punish my kid for doing having an accident by beating up this old lady and taking her purse? Oh, my God. Nah, I think he's this cat from Kansas City, dog. He's this, this soft motherfucker that blocked me because I think he got, he got butthurt. I actually went on his show. I don't even remember his name, but he's a pro-Kansas City chief guy. That shit was funny because I saw a tweet yesterday, ironically, and they, it was, it, I didn't get to see it because I'm blocked from him. And I got the kid blocked, too, I think. So I didn't get to see it. But God damn, that shit was that shit is comical if he had to make a fake name. Uh, Verlander gets his uh, Cy Young Award. Um, I don't know anything about Verlander that much. I know he's a freak. I know he's a big time pitcher. Uh, and the Dodgers are trying to get uh, Kershaw to a one year deal. I don't know what else the Dodgers are doing, but they had the fucking, I thought the best roster in baseball last year and fucking choked it off. So that's why I don't watch baseball because you can, anyone can win in baseball. So I don't really watch it. Uh, Gonzaga, number two, Gonzaga got smoked by number 11, te Texas, 93-74. If anyone cares, I don't even know. I didn't even know college basketball was back right now. All I watch is fucking UMass, my boy Frank Martin, uh, who was on this show. Great coach. Uh, love his fucking tenacity. I love how he gets after it. I'll be watching as many fucking UMass games as possible because of him. Um, 
So I don't know. Uh, Bravo, I got you. I, I know you've been around for a long time, Bravo. Uh, how about how about we take their phones, a, or just don't pay for them? But it, it, that's the thing about it. See, um, see, Aaron, easy cats have an excuse for an excuse. I I, I literally told a cat the other day, how about you don't pay for a cell phone? Well, coach, we he has a phone though, and nowadays, you know, even if I don't pay for it, he could go get it hooked up on his own. <laughs> I, are you shitting me? That is your fucking excuse. Again, we're making excuse <coughs> excuses for excuses. How about you take his fucking phone? How about you be the parent? So you're telling me your kids is straight up fucking defying you. Like, fuck you, mom, dad. I'm going to do me. <laughs> well, then it, then I say you fucked up somewhere else. I say you fucked up down the line somewhere else. And I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, you got bigger issues in the house. So uh, that's all I think. Karush, shut up. You're just like, you want clickbait, dog. Shut the fuck up. You sound like a fucking idiot. Hey, everybody in here. Everybody in here. Chris Dill, shout out to you, man. You're much love to you. Much love to you. Clap it up. Hey, let me ask you something. Everybody in here uh, that's my age or, or, or near it. Lucy, let me ask you something. How did we get, a, how did we survive this long without a phone can we can i please find out can we find out can we someone tell me how we survived at age six years old without a phone can anyone tell me please this motherfucker said my kid needs to have his phone he's six so if i take it i don't know where he's at you don't know where your six-year-old son is Oh, man, it's funny. Hey, dog, Karoosh, become a member, dog, today. You got to tell today or, or I'm blocking your ass because I know you're fake troll and you're just saying dumb shit. Um, so hurry it up. Figure it out, dog. Actually, I'm going to give you a couple minutes uh, and I'm going to block your bitch ass because I think you're a fake troll. Um, but you know what? Even though he's being a troll and all that, that's a real mindset. That is a real mindset some of you motherfuckers have. I, my seven-year-old has to have his phone because I don't know where he's at. That's crazy how we didn't have phones at seven years old, six years old, 20 years old. <laughs> and we've survived, people. We made it. Guess what? We made it. We fucking made it. Holy shit. Did you know we made it? Did you know we made it out? You know we made it alive? You know we made it through? Do you know we fucking actually, we still got jobs and had our own kids and holy fuck. Are you kidding me? Man, that is real shit, dog. That is a real mindset, by the way. I'm just throwing that out there. Chris, 
Roosh, you're going to have to figure it out, dog. You're a big boy, homie. So you you can't figure out your kid not having a phone. You can't figure out how to become a member on a YouTube channel. You What can you figure out? Have you wiped your ass before? Do you need someone to help you do that? You need, a, you need someone to help you wipe your ass, motherfucker? Like... <laughs> Holy shit, dog. It's fucking real out here. It is real out here, folks. We got the softest, most enabled, the dumbest fucking generation of our entire lives. It is real. Um, Tonight's game, the Titans have ruled out multiple starters uh, for Thursday night's football game against the Packers. Players are out. uh, Players that are out. It's the center. Ben Jones, concussion. Safety, Armani Hooker. Uh, he's got a shoulder, I think. Kicker, Randy Bullock. Got a calf out. Outside backer, Bud Dupree. Got a hip out. So that's going to be interesting. Um, so maybe the Packers are lined up to get their second win in a row. I don't know. Matthew Stafford's returned to practice after concussion protocol. I didn't know he even had one. He was out fucking damn near two weeks. Uh, USC basketball lands five-star Isaiah Collier out of Wheeler High School in Atlanta. He's the number one point guard in the country. And he's 6'4", 200-pounder. And then they got the number two ranked basketball player as well. USC is doing some shit over here in basketball. And it's kind of starting to catch people's attention. Uh, Trey Alberts, AD at Nebraska. He says that the program is not in a rush to hire their next head football coach. It's been 67 days since Scott Frost has been gone. So, see, this is the issue I have with the Nebraska thing. What I don't understand is... There's no rush. Well, this is the thing, Trey Alberts, Trev Alberts. Let me ask you something. Let me tell you something. Recruiting's coming up. And when there's no head coach in place, kids are also not worried about you. You're not relevant to them. We don't give a fuck about you. So we're going to keep going on our visits to these other schools. And when you finally do hire your new head coach, it's too late. And if you don't have a head coach by Thanksgiving, usually, at the four-year level, you probably have no chance to land a decent recruiting class. So this is Nebraska in totality and to as how they think. This is Nebraska, how they operate, and you wonder why they are shitty. You wonder why they are shitty. Well, this is why they're shitty. This is why they're shitty. So Nebraska keeps waiting, waiting, waiting. Uh, I know they got a short list. I know they got a short list. But I got an interesting uh, text yesterday. I got a short list at Arizona State. Uh, Very interesting um, short list there. Um, Some interesting names, interesting names there. Uh, I can't say who they are, but, you know, You'll, you'll see. Uh, I hope one of them is a guy um, that gets it. I don't I don't know if I like the other ones. Um, not that I don't like them as pers- people, but I just don't think it's a great fit for Arizona State. Um, yeah, Mickey Joseph's not the guy, dog. Um, I, I, I don't see Joseph getting the job. There's no way. I don't see it. 
But who knows, dog? Who knows? Maybe they'll say, fuck it. We're not going to pay a guy this much money for once. We're going to go the, the JV way, the way that I've been saying it to go. <laughs> so we're going to find that out. Um, if you haven't watched, uh, there's a coach, Fred. He's a wideout coach at Alcorn State underneath uh, the great Fred, uh, Fred McNair. Uh, Steve McNair's brother is the head coach. Um, go check it out. It's called Blue Bloods on YouTube. I did an interview with him uh, the other day. Um, I was just brutally honest on there. And they got Deion Sanders this week. Um, they got Deion Sanders in Jackson State this week at Alcorn. Uh, but Alcorn's always done a good job there. Uh, Fred McNair um, is the head coach. But Coach Fred, uh, been in whiteout coach there for a long time. Uh, he does a show called Blue Bloods, and uh, I was on it uh, the other day. So, pretty good show. Um, I don't know, man. Nebraska's an iffy one. Nebraska's a, a different type of deal. Uh, Nebraska's a uh, interesting take. Interesting take. I don't know what they're doing there. And this hire right now, I'm just telling you, is going to be a critical one in the future of Nebraska's uh, program. Um, be honest with you. Eagles signed uh, defensive tackle Linval Joseph to a one-year deal. 34 years old, playing in his 13th year. Uh, he played for the D.C. In, in Philly, Jonathan Gannon, uh, prior. So he has a familiarity there. So he'll be there. Uh, he's a two-time Pro Bowler, 14 games for the Chargers last year. He had 57 tackles, three for a loss, and a sack. Uh Chargers released him the other day. The Broncos cornerback Kawan Williams and wide receiver KJ Hamlin are expected to miss a few weeks. The Broncos are just a bad place right now. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Uh, they're in a bad spot. Um, Russell Wilson has been a disappointment. Um, the roster, the head coach Hackett, Matt McChesney can't stand them. Thinks he's the worst coach in the football. Uh, I, I tend to agree, but we got a lot of bad coaching out, out there right now. So I, I really have to dissect that. I'm going to get into it later on and ask the great Korean coach, Sal Steve Kim, about that uh, in particular. Uh, Hamler was ruled out for week's 10 game against for a hamstring injury. We have more fucking hamstring injuries than I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen this many fucking hamstring injuries. <laughs> Ash, what are you doing? Come here. Um, man, I would love. I would love to. Uh, See who gets that Arizona State job. Because you could win there because SC and UCLA are leaving anyway. So you could actually win there and 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 win the Pac-12 and you can get into the fucking playoff. That's the crazy part. People don't realize. So I don't know. Uh yeah, Denver's defense is fucking legit. And I'm surprised they're still playing that well for an offense that's so inept. That's what's shocking me. Usually teams just say, fuck you and quit on you. Um so, you know, well, no, nah, it ain't stretching, dog. It ain't stretching. We don't stretch anymore. The science ain't there. 
There's no stretching anymore. I haven't stretched in fucking 20, 30 years. I haven't stretched on a team or or had my team stretch in I don't know how long. Dynamic warm-up gets the body loose and warm. You stretch after practice, if any. There ain't no fucking stretching. Fucking cheetah stretch before he goes and gets some pussy? Fuck no. Guess what? He's run 60 miles an hour fucking like this. <laughs> Shit. Come on, man. Um. Uh, Shorty Shay. I don't know what happened with you and that. Uh, Shorty Shay, why ain't you a member, dog? Come on, man. Uh, Evan, John, all you guys, Tim, uh, go go become a member, dog. Dollar ninety nine, best dollar ninety nine you can buy. If your shit expired, re up. Hit the bell notification so you know when I'm on. Make sure you hit the notifications on your channel so you know when I'm on. Uh, yeah, straight day. Yeah, we. I'm a big straight leg deadlift guy. Um, but the thing is, you got to strengthen your core. I don't think our core is strong like it once was. Our core, our abs, our fucking quads, our fucking core is the weakest it's ever been. Weakest it's ever been. And if you look at the bodies around the NFL and, and, and the professional sports, I can see it. The bodies are horrible. The bodies are bad. We have a bad makeup we don't lift like we once did we don't take it serious we don't work out we don't do the shit we used to do straight up telling you right now we do not do it so troy langston let me school you real quick okay i gotta school you real fast on this thing troy langston said wrestlers stretch Pro fighters, UFC, boxers, they stretch before practice begins because you guys are in a box. You're not running. You're not running full speed and opening up the gate. You're in a confined area. It is completely different sport. It is completely different movement. It's completely different exercises. It's completely different body chemistry and body mechanics being used in your sport so i would stretch too you probably static stretch because you're doing a static sport you're playing lockup with another person inside of a fucking octagon you're not running 80 yard touchdown for 80 yard touchdown so i just want to be clear there's a whole nother fucking ball game there there's a whole nother different type of it's a different type of sport um yeah, yeah, you're not a cheater running 80 miles an hour to go get some pussy. Uh, no, I don't. I don't want. I don't want Lyman to stretch for what? They're not moving. They're not fucking. They're not. Mo- so you gotta understand something, man. You guys don't. How how long does a football play last, Bruce Helms? Do you know? Do you know how long a football play lasts? Three seconds. Three fucking seconds is the average football play. So an old lineman's gonna step, boom, 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 and boom, whistle. Lineman's gonna step, woo, 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 whistle. 
So, do you see that motherfucker just having a fucking turn up besides a screenplay? Body getting warmed up through dynamic warm-up is perfect for an O-lineman and a D-lineman because they're fucking going to be sweating already because they're bigger body guys anyway. So, they are already getting loose because their body heat is much higher than ours because they're already bigger and heavier. So, they only have to do is get loosened up Go out to the NFL and see if you see O-Lyman stretching. Go show me. I want to see it. <laughs> Go show me before a game how many linemen you see doing fucking stretching. I, I just want to see it. No, it's not, Bruce. It's not. You're grappled up in a ring for how many How many minutes are, are rounds? Three-minute rounds? How many rounds are how, how many minutes are the rounds? Three minutes or something like that? Come on, dog. Three minute lockup in a in a in an octagon is a completely different ball game than a three second play eighty times. So, Green Cosell being here on in the second hour, by the way, uh, at, at eight o'clock. Um, Williams, who'd been dealing with a wrist and elbow injury, played 61% of his team's defensive snaps in Sunday's loss before leaving the game with a knee injury. Williams is expected to undergo an arthroscopic scope and injured right knee. Uh, that's the corner for the Broncos. Like, dog, every fucking buddy in the NFL is hurt. Everybody. Everybody's in the NFL is hurt. Come on, man. It, it, it blows my mind that nobody wants to talk about it. Here's some interesting shit I wanted to talk to you about, though. The new, the Brooklyn Nets held a players-only meeting to discuss the play of Ben Simmons. (laughs) I got to be honest, dog. They held a players-only meeting to discuss the play of Ben Simmons. Now, let's be honest here. Why? What's the deal? So we're having a team meeting with ben, about Ben Simmons, uh, who is on our team. Dog, I, I got. I'm going to ask Steve Kim. Dog, is the Brooklyn Nets are they the biggest shit show in professional sports history for having this much talent? Let's just go chronological. You've already had, you've got James Harden and lost him. You traded and got Ben Simmons. Hasn't played for you really at all. Kyrie Irving really hasn't played for you at all. Always in the news for something. KD was hurt. Then he's back. Demanded Steve Nash get fired. Demanded any, they hired him. They got rid of him. They were going to hire the fucking Udoka, who we don't even know what he did in Boston. They decided to keep Jacques Vaughn, who I had to guard in high school, by the way. Yes, I have to. I had to guard Jacques Vaughn in high school, by the way. Throwing that out there. There's film out there, too. I fouled out. I want to say I fouled out in four minutes. <laughs> I want to say I fouled out in four minutes. Because that's what I was in there for. I was in there to bully you, hack you, and there was no shots for me. We had five NBA players on our team. Uh, there was no shots for me. 
So I had to guard that motherfucker. Uh, and and in that in that same playoff run that we had, I had to guard Jason Kidd, Jock Vaughn, Mark Madsen. Um, Baron Davis was a, was an underclassman. Um, Keith Van Horn, if you guys remember that name. Um, Austin Crozier, who played with Baron Davis in high school at Crossroads, had to guard him. So just so you know, that was just in SoCal right there in the playoffs. That's who we had to play. We played Jason Kidd for the state title in NorCal, but that is the playoff run that we uh, had to deal with every year. Uh, yeah, yeah, we played dudes. Um, Justin Berenger said, no one cares. <laughs> no, someone cares, Justin, because you're in here riding my dick, fuck boy. That's what I don't get. Cats come in here and set, talk shit. And then when you say no one cares, but you're saying it, do you realize that? You realize you just said it? <laughs> oh, my God, dog. People are fucking really, really thirsty. And we're here on Thirsty Thursday. Brought to you by CanadipCBD.com. Use the promo code COACHJB. And get you 20% off. Um, yep, Austin Crochet played with Baron Davis at Crossroads. He went up to play with Maharis, Majerus with uh, my my guy, uh, Andre Miller at Utah. And uh, I mean, Keith Van Horn, sorry, Keith Van Horn. Um, Austin Crochet went to Providence and played with Sham God. That were, that's right. That was a great team, too. Providence had a run that year in the tournament. Um, so did Utah with Van Horn. There was a lot of good teams. That was that was when college football basketball was exciting back then. I thought, man, that was exciting. A lot of those guys came right here from the back from our backyard. We had to play them every fucking year, every uh, every week. It seems like we had to play them. Jock Vaughn went to John Muir High School in Pasadena. Uh, we played them. We we had, they actually beat us. We only lost twice in my four years in high school basketball. We were the number one team in the nation most of my four years. We lost to Muir and Jock Vaughn one year. And we lost to DeMatha when we were sophomores. We lost to DeMatha in Washington, D.C. Um, by like one point. And we were all sophomores. Uh, like Charles O'Bannon was a sophomore. James Cotton was a sophomore. Andre Jones was a sophomore. Uh, Ed O'Bannon just, just went on to UCLA. Um, and then, uh, man, we were fucking loaded every year. Uh, and then James Harden and Jason Capono came later uh, to my high school. So we had uh we were pretty uh well recognized in the world in high school basketball. Uh yeah, that was Miles Miles uh Mur or not Cameron Murray and Miles uh what was the name? Miles from Modern Day High School was on that team. Cameron Murray was on that team too. Uh Tracy Murray's younger brother. Um Tracy obviously went to UCLA. Um but Cameron Murray, we played against in high school as well. That's Tracy Murray's little brother. He was good, too. He went to Arizona. And then Miles. What the fuck was Miles' name? I forgot his name. He he went to Arizona. They were pretty good in Arizona back then. We used to battle them. UCLA used to, UCLA used to battle those fucks. Uh, so, Hector, what up? What up? Mike Bibby. Yeah, Mike Bibby. Darius Miles. Yeah, Darius Miles. All those dudes. There was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of dudes. A lot of dudes. Um, 
Nah, Shorty Shay, I didn't take L's, dog. We only lost fucking twice in fucking four years. We were pretty fucking uh, unbelievable. Um, Kyrie Irving could return as early as Sunday. Now, I don't, I don't know about this team meeting thing with Ben Simmons, though, but when does when do we cut Ben Simmons off? When When is that done? I'm curious here. When do we... When do we say enough is enough? And you're a mental midget. You can't fucking cope. You can't handle this. You're a fucking mental midget and you need to go. Like, I'm curious. When does that happen? When do we get rid of Ben Simmons? Like, can I, I just have to ask that. Miles Simon, NM, Jamboree. You should become a member because you got him right. Miles Simon, that's what I couldn't think of. Um, yeah, he was on those teams too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he traded for him, dog. I don't know. But Ben Simmons is a fucking complete disaster. Kyrie Irving's a complete disaster. And now Kyrie can return as early as Sunday. Who knows? I haven't seen anything that they gave him all these deadlines to do this shit. I haven't seen him do anything. I don't think he's doing anything. I think they're just trying to fucking say it in the public. I think the Nets are the worst ran organization in professional sports history. Right there with the fucking uh, Detroit Lions, Jacksonville Jags, uh, Houston Texans. Um, You could throw the fucking Lakers in there right now. Um, Let me ask you this. And Durant's never been a leader. I can't wait to talk to the Korean co-sell Steve Kim about these things. Let me ask you this, though. Is the Clippers, should the Clippers be thrown in this discussion as one of the worst-ran organizations of all time? This is where I know the fucking generation that is in this fucking world based on this fucking answer that you guys give me in the chat, I'm going to know that you motherfuckers really, really, truly are lost in life. Should the Clippers be put in as one of the shittiest organizations in professional sports? Yes or no? You know why? I asked this question yesterday around a group of people, and they're telling me, hell no, coach. Clippers are the ball in. I said, God damn, dog. See, the young on this side don't know shit about the the history of sports. And then the cats on this side have only seen what the Clippers have done in the last few years, which, in my opinion, has still been nothing. But see, you can't tell you young folks that the Clippers still have done nothing. You know what the first thing you say is? The Clippers beat the Lakers 14 out of 16 times. Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? Again, Bruce Helms, Clippers currently own L.A. How do you own L.A. without winning a championship? Please explain that to me, Bruce Helms. I got to hear this. I have to fucking absolutely hear this. Because, see, everybody says one sentence. Clippers own L.A. Really? Show me the banners hanging in the Staples or the Forum or the Sports Center Arena. I want to see the fucking banners. Please show me. I can't wait. 
By the way, since you guys have been so good, how many championships do the Lakers have since you guys have been so good? <laughs> One. <laughs> the Lakers still won in the bubble. Since you guys have been so good, the Lakers still have another ring, and you guys sitting around jacking each other off, wondering where Kawhi Leonard is. <laughs> but you guys run L.A. Holy shit. You got to be kidding me. Oh, my God. That's your argument, Bruce Helms? Dog, don't even argue with me. Have you guys ever been to the finals? Clippers, have you ever been to the finals of an NBA finals? The answer would be no. The answer would be no. It's crazy how the everyone that never was in the bubble, that don't know anything about it, that don't understand nothing, says, um, the bubble don't count. Contrary to belief, I think it does count. Sorry. I think the bubble does count. And uh, Danny Green, good friend of mine, pretty positive that it that it counts. He has a ring, big old fucking ring. I think it counted, dog. I think he said that Magic and all these other people said that that was probably the hardest championship of all time to win. But see, you guys that just don't know shit, who just put your foot in your mouth shit, don't have a fucking clue about professional sports and being outside your element shit, say shit. So I would love to see you guys stay in a bubble for like two months and fucking try to win a championship. <laughs> Of course, Scotty Pippen's going to say that, Bruce Helms. I mean, come on, dog. Are you shitting me? God damn, some of you motherfuckers. Bruce Helms, did you play sports? Did you play sports? Gotta be asked. I gotta, I gotta be honest. You know how hard it would be to play basketball in front of no fans every single day to be motivated to play a team like a pickup game in a fucking street pickup game with no fans. Do you know how hard and motivated you have to be to play against the world's best with no fans, no fucking crowd, no nothing? Come on, dog. Miss me with your bullshit semantics. That is a real thing, and you can talk all that shit you want. The bubble counts. They got a fucking ring, dog. They got a ring. Michael Jordan's son, um, I was just on his golf cart with Pat Perez over the weekend in Vegas. Uh, I heard his son is hitting hip and son, wife. Um, crazy. Uh, that's rumor. That is a rumor I saw. I, I did see that rumor. I did see that. I saw that rumor. Um, that's crazy. I did see that rumor. Pretty crazy. Jordan's son. <laughs> oh fuck dog that's crazy um that is unfucking believable 
So a bubble don't count. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I believe it does count, but that's just me. What do I know? God damn. God damn. That's fucking unbelievable. Um, tonight, just a, a announcement. Tonight, uh, last chance Q fourth install is up and will be up and running. So I want to throw that out there. Um, make sure you clear that. Man, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I gotta ask you guys something. I, I'm getting, I've been talking to some real verified people on Twitter. Um, Freddie Mac in the house. What up? What up? Yeah, some of the best games are pickup games. People wish they could have seen some of the games I've seen. Um, let me, I gotta, I gotta ask you something. Uh, the blue Twitter shit, I, I still don't understand it. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't understand it and I don't get it. But, uh, but what I do want to know is how do you know, um, how do you know if it's really a guy? Because I, I'm getting hit up and I'm thinking it's verified guy. And I look at him, I'm like, oh, fuck, let me hit him back. And I'm looking at him like, fuck, this motherfucker has 14 followers. 14 followers. And I'm like, no fucking way. So you can just buy your... How the fuck does that make you verified? I'm confused on what Elon Musk is doing, dog. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I'm going to be real honest. I don't know how much longer I'll end up being on Twitter because I could see me getting really, really saying some real... Slick shit to this cat, Elon, since he's so vocal on social media. I got to be real, though, with you. Uh, I got to be honest. You know, this guy said he bought Twitter. Um, I got to be honest. <laughs> He bought Twitter for freedom of speech, not to be hamstrung, right? So this motherfucker's deleting like Rappaport. <laughs> He's like the, disabling people's accounts for talking shit to him. So you can't be that big of a fucking hypocrite, can you? You can't be that big of a hypocrite if... You say, I bought it for freedom of speech. Someone tells you you're a piece of shit or you're full of shit or you're fucked up and then you ban them from Twitter. That's not freedom of speech, homeboy. So I'm just trying to figure that shit out. Uh, he could try to expose it all you want, but now you have a bunch of clowns. You have a bunch of fucking clowns that are verified. And I'm going to be honest with you. I could never just accept a check mark without being somebody. Why the fuck do I want a check mark if I'm nobody? Like, I, I want to stay nobody. I want to be nobody. I'm not going to pay for it. Why the fuck would I pay for it? I think there should be a difference. But again, when I came out and said, if I bought Twitter... To stop the trolls, the bots, and the fake people, you make everybody verified. And whoever's not, you get rid of them. You get rid of them. 
You keep just getting rid of them. That's who you ban. Let's make everybody verify. You guys don't need $8 a month to make fuck money. You, God damn. Dog, I don't know. But I'm not as smart as Elon Musk. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. That motherfucker obviously is smarter than me, right? Or he inherited and got lucky, right? He's luckier than me or smarter than me. But I see him do some dumb shit also. So I'm curious to see what the fuck this is. But if you think I'm paying $8, probably not going to happen. And then I can see myself saying some dumb shit to this motherfucker because I'm not feeling what he says and talks about. Like he says some dumb shit. And then he's barking back at everybody. So I know that's not him. There's no fucking way that's him. Got to have a publicist doing it. But uh, whew, I can see me talking shit. Pat McAfee kind of jabbed at him. Um, Pat McAfee kind of took a jab at him too. So I'm curious, uh, is he calling him out? Like, is this going to be, you going to block everybody off Twitter, motherfucker? I'm curious to see what this ends up being because right now it's some crazy shit on Twitter and I'm just, motherfuckers blowing me up that are verified. They got 80 followers. And I'm like, fuck's going on? I'm telling you, dog, whoever knows how to build a, whoever knows how to build a fucking, uh, an app, this is the time to do it. This is the time to do it. This is the time to do it. Build an app. I think Twitter's going to fucking implode. I think Twitter's going to implode. This guy's going to lose $40 billion, But I don't think he matters. I don't think $40 billion matters to this guy. I don't think it matters. Like, yeah, dog, you got fake accounts. Like, how are they verifying a blue check mark? Jeremiah, do you know? Is there a new verification process? Like, I'm curious. Do you have to give blood, semen, ID, social security number? Like, how do you do it? I'm curious. How do you prove who you are other than just pay $8? So can anybody pay $8 and become a member? I'm, I'm confused. I don't really know. I haven't looked into it. I'm just confused as if... And then why why wouldn't it be a red mark or something? Why wouldn't it be a, a red mark? And then I heard Jesus Christ was verified, I heard. I heard God was verified. I heard uh, LeBron James uh, had another fake account that did something. Like, how? why would you think that the same exact check mark wouldn't confuse anyone. I'm confused as, as, as how, how this goes. I'm very, very confused. Uh, Bruce Helms, if you're verified on Twitter, I am guarantee you I'm leaving Twitter. Just off principle alone. If you're verified on Twitter, Bruce Helms, I'm the fuck out of here. There's no way. Shorty, dog, you guys keep asking. I told you, motherfuckers, he's not on for another hour, homie. God damn. I said 8 o'clock. How many times I got to say it? Matt McChesney will be joining us here in about five minutes. We got a lot to break down tonight. Packers-Titans game. Um, But before that, I want to get into uh, the Virginia killings uh, on the campus of University of Virginia football players who passed uh, after getting shot to death by some fucking shitbird bitch-made cat. Um, The all-ACC teams are going to honor 
uh, Virginia with helmet decals, and Virginia has canceled this game Saturday against Coastal Carolina. I think they said that last night or yesterday during our game. During our game, they said that. So, uh, you know, but we're going to come into it. We're going to break down. Uh, First down. We're going to break down tonight's Titans uh, Packers game. We're going to get into that. Um, they lost to Kansas City 2017. The Titans have been on a streak since and after. Uh, they're 5-1 and one in the last six, but haven't looked that impressive besides Derrick Henry. Uh, Ryan Tannehill's coming back, I guess, banged up. Uh, and they have no wideouts. No wideouts. Tennessee Titans are the AFC version of the fucking San Francisco 49ers. And that is what it is. Um, man, I was going to talk before Matt comes on to talk about these things. I was going to I was going to talk to you about hazing today. And it's funny. Somebody just asked me how I dealt with hazing. Let me let me be, let me break this down and be honest. Um, I didn't have hazing issues. I didn't have hazing issues. That's what people don't understand. I don't, I didn't have haze, hazing issues. So, yeah, I didn't have hazing issues. So, I'm sorry. Um, hey, Matt. Yo. What up? Good morning. Hey, uh, I hate you, by the way. Uh, yeah, I hate you too. Hey, did you ever have hazing issues be a issue? I would um, I mean, I remember that there were, when I was a freshman at Colorado in 2000, there was some, I mean, there was some hazing, I guess. There was like, the veterans came and took all of our sheets and like poured water on the beds and shit, but it was nothing malicious. Like, it was, not, it was nothing like, it was, there was no like crazy shit like you hear about these days where like assaulting people with baseball bats and shit. None of that. Like, that was more of like an indoctrination like getting into the roster, right? That that wasn't that, like... Yeah, man. I mean, it's like making the kids carry the pads and, you know, go... You, you got to go get donuts this morning or, you know, you got to cook for the vets or, you know, whatever the fuck it is. It's, it's all like little minimal things that you're trying to do to build camaraderie and, you know, bust the young guys' balls a little bit. And humble them up a little bit. That's what it is. It's it's part of being a young guy on a football team. So there, I guess you could call it hazing. I just thought it was team building. Let me let me ask you this. Uh, I I was a rookie. On a, I was a uh, and I was invited to camp. I was in OTAs my as a coming out of Arena League. They brought me in with Kansas City, and I was there a few days. And cats were like, "Hey, dog, get into the ice bath." And I'm like, "Hey, dog, get fucked up." <laughs> and, they, and they all looked at me, and I'm an older cat at that time. It wasn't like I was right out of college or something. I, so, Will Shields, I'll never forget it because I was actually cool. Will Will Shields walked over there and was like, JB from Compton, dog, you can fuck with him if you want. And it, it was just kind of like we started that kind of set the tone. It's just like going to jail, though, Matt. It's like if you go to jail, unfortunately, I've had to go to jail uh, when me I was too. young. Um, and if you, if you, high five. <laughs> hey. Hey, Matt, if you want to get fucked up and, and get fucked in the ass, go ahead. Or 
You're going to say, let's go. Let's knuckle up, motherfucker. And let me go beat the fuck out of the hardest motherfucker in my cell. Yeah, I, I did that too. Oh. I'm not gonna lie. I uh, when I walked in with the when I was with the Jets, um, so like my rookie year, I was with the the Rams originally in St. Louis, and back in the day, they used like they didn't draft any any defensive linemen that year, and I went there and I worked myself into the this too deep uh, on Mike Mark's team, and you know they still had Kurt Warner, or they had Mark Bolger and all those dudes, and it was you know a good time to be in St. Louis. And I was there for like that whole period after the draft, all through OTAs and summer and shit. And back in the day, we used to have like a real five week break in between, you know, the the end of OTAs and mandatory minicamp and the start of training camp. And you know, my folks' house in in North Boulder, out here in Colorado, is on a like a ninety or an eighty acre uh, plot of land with two lakes, and we you know there's mosquitoes everywhere and shit. And my my unlucky ass came home for break uh, when I was a rookie, and I got West Nile virus. Right, so I get West Nile virus, and two days before I'm supposed to go to training camp, I like my mother finds me on the floor downstairs like seizuring and like they rushed me to the hospital and so obviously i can't go to training camp and i end up getting cut for failure to report to camp so they put me on pup and then they cut me by mail while i'm in the hospital real shady uh so i end up like sitting around and trying to recover from this for about eight ten weeks my rookie year and i finally get picked up by the jets about week i don't know five or six seven my rookie year uh, and I had already done all the rookie hazing shit with the Rams, right? I sang and got donuts and carried pads and shit. And when I got to the to the Jets, I remember right off the bat, all right, Jason, I'm a defensive lineman at this point still. So, like, my D-line mates are Big Cat John Abraham and Sean Ellis, and I'm literally the only white dude in the entire room and, you know, Vilma and all these other cats. And, you know, the Jets defense was pretty fucking good at that point. So I, I was honored to be on the squad and balling. And I remember the first day I got there, Jason Fabini, who's a, a multi-year vet in the league, uh, tried to like, be like, hey, rookie, carry my shit. And I was like, nah, dog, I ain't carrying fucking nothing. I'm done doing that shit. I already did all this. Fuck you. And I remember like uh, we went to practice that day and I got in like three fights with him immediately <laughs> <laughs> I, I like tackled Curtis Martin and shit and they kicked me out of practice my first day. And I was like, fuck man, I'm going to get cut my first fucking day. They knew I was talking shit to the veterans. Right. So I walk into the fucking locker room and I'm sitting there like distraught, like, fuck, I just got here. And they're about to cut my ass. And Tannenbaum walks up to me and goes, yeah, Fabini, he's, he's really not playing up to snuff. We're trying to get rid of his ass. Keep fucking him up every day. And I was like, yeah, all right, this is going to fit perfect with me. And I just took off and, you know, I, I, it, that attitude, I'm not saying it's a good thing all the time, but it has to be genuine. Like the, the vets knew that I wasn't the one like, yeah, that's you the can, way you, I'm, I'm going to fight you every day. I'm not going to just conform. I'm going to be the one that like fucks with you. And the beauty of this bro is for a year and two years, almost two years, I was on the defensive line, right? with Sean and all these dudes and they know that I'm the try-hard fucking white boy and I'm always sprinting around. I'm always fighting the old line. I'm always that guy, right? I'm the dirty work dude. Like, if there's something needs to be done, they're like, McChesney! And I'm like, yep! And I run over, they're like, him! And I'm like, cool! 
So <laughs> after my second training camp, we go through hell and two a days with me and Jeannie and whatnot. And I'm the last guy cut and they bring me in and they sit me down and they go, Matt, uh, do you want a job or do you want to play defense? And I was like, a job. And they were like, you're a guard now. So imagine the next day I walk into the locker room and they didn't move my locker room still with all the D linemen. And I went from a green shirt to a white shirt and I put my white jersey on, went from number 95 to number 62. And I walked through the defensive line area of the locker room and every one of them were like, you turncoat motherfucker. Oh, what is going on right now? Unbelievable. Blah, 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 blah. And then guess what I got to do for an entire year and a half against them? Go after them every day and fight them and shit. So it, look, long story, short answer. There's a difference between hazing and team building. There's a difference between telephone tough guys, Twitter tough guys, and real tough guys. There's a difference between fighting your teammates maliciously and fighting your teammates to show them that you are a guy that will fight for them back-to-back -back in an alley are two very different things. So you can you can ask anybody that, that played with me or knew me when I played. Uh, I, I'm I'm not the one. Yeah, I, I, I will fight you. I, and yeah, I, you're not the one. Like I was the same way. I'm not I, the one. You're not you. the one. I got to ask you, though. Now that we put it to a coach, we got to take it to a coaching side of it. Um, it should never happen, especially now in this fucking soft generation we're in. You're telling me the softest generation of our lifetime are, are hazing more than ever? Like something's going on here with the coaches in the profession because out here – Modern day high school, number one high school in America. Right. Uh, Bruce Rollinson, been there for 50 years. Uh, I don't know how many NFL guys he has and, and Heisman Trophy winners he has. Oh, wow. I mean, but, but anyway, he resigned. He's resigning after they probably win another title this year. Uh, he's resigning and he's got a hazing thing that the archdiocese is involved what, in. What, like we, what, what do they do? Fuck, they, they, they had a kid get fucking. Butt fucked with a broom or something. I don't know. Like that, that's that's like sexual assault. That's not anything. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But, but we just had this whole Virginia incident, right? And apparently now this guy, the shooter, was apparently getting hazed. Yeah, so now, I could all, like that's what I thought when I when I heard about what happened is this guy got fucked with and everybody fucked with him all the time and probably made fun of him and backed him into a corner and he lost his fucking mind and killed three people and shot five and that like that's look i'm not justifying what he did it's terrible but at the same time people have to understand that when you fuck with someone constantly you don't know that man's state of mind you don't know what people go through like we we talk a lot of shit on this show, and we we you know it's it's fun, and we try and laugh it off, right? But this is it's just a show. We're just talking shit about football. It's not malicious, and like people that, especially young athletes in that environment, everybody's trying to one up each other all the time, right? So somebody roasts them once, and it's funny, funny, and then the next guy goes a little deeper and get deeper and deeper and deeper. And then all of a sudden it's like personal and the kid's like actually emotionally affected and you don't know how people are going to react. I mean, look, everybody listening, watching, you, coach, you, myself, bro, if you fuck with me enough, I'm, I'm not going to react nicely. 
I'm not going to go down this road, but you, again, you never know what people are going through. So I try with every single kid, like my, my biggest fear in my, uh, in, in the world for me is I have a huge facility. It's open. The back doors are open all the time. This place deals with young guys that are emotional and alphas. And like, sometimes people freak out. My biggest fear on earth is somebody walks in here and decides to go nuts. You know, that like, the, unfortunately, that's the world we live in. I, I was in high school when Columbine happened. And since then, it's been, you know, rampant. So let me ask you this. Uh, I, I, this is a bad situation, dog. Let me ask you this, though, because uh, I this could, probably, this could be a great this could probably be controversial topic. I'm, I don't know if you're fucking shocked that I'm going to say something controversial or not, but um how much do you weigh, how much do you take into consideration or weigh in on that the culture? And, I, and this is hard for me to say or do because this is an incident that we, you know, we hate to see on a college football campus, football players getting shot and killed. Um, but I'm, I got to be honest, I'm starting to see it more and more and more. The culture, the actual lack of fear from or by the head coach allows these kids to continue to do things that we've never we would never do or see in our past or our lifetime as a coach or a player now what i mean by fear matt let me clarify what i mean by fear i don't mean fear me as to beat my ass i mean fear me that i'm going to let you down i fear to let matt mcchesney down at 60 academy because I didn't work hard enough or I fucked up outside of the academy and I didn't show up on time. I didn't do my due diligence to be there. I did some fucking dumb shit and I'm now representing Six Zero Academy or I'm representing Virginia. I feared, Matt, to let my head coach down for something, whether so it was a D in class and being ineligible or whether it was fucking not hitting 315 on the bench. And he turns around like, fuck, you should be hitting 315 by now. Like, that's fear that's not in a bad sense. Like, people don't think we're just here to fucking scare you to death. Like, no, we're, we want the lack of fear has been abolished. There is no more fear now to our head, for our head coach that we are fearing that we're not going to, we're going to let you down. We're fearing that we're going to lose. We're fearing that we're going to not get a scholarship. They don't care no more, Matt. We're 7,200 kids in a portal. They don't give a fuck about the coach anymore. They don't give a fuck about the organization. They don't give a fuck about themselves. you know how many phone calls I've fielded in the last three weeks about kids wanting to go to the portal? Oh, fuck. Like like, probably 100. Every, everybody is, everyone's like, I I want to transfer. And I'm like, I wonder how many kids, like, what does every single person at every school wants to leave? Like, yes. What in the hell is going on right now? It's a rage. Yes. Because dude, I mean, Matt, I gotta be honest. When you allow it, like just stay you where you're it, at and earn it and keep working. But when you allow it and you allow it and you allow it, shit starts to stack up. And we have allowed it. Not only has the NCAA allowed it, coaches have allowed it. How do, what do you mean coach have allowed a coach? You lose a kid in the portal, you didn't allow it. Oh, yeah, I want to show you why. 
So I, my kid leaves me, goes in the portal. Within 10 minutes, Matt, I'm just being honest with you. You've already called him. Lane Kiffin's called him. Sarkeesian's called him. Lane Everybody's called this kid already. So what have we done? We have given these kids an opportunity to have a reason to go in the portal because now they think they're getting re-recruited like they were in high school, and yep. these kids want nothing more than to have their dick sucked as much as fucking possible because they just want to be fucking – I mean, I, Matt, it's good to be wanted. Let's not get it twisted. It is good to be wanted. We all want to be wanted in something for some reason or another. But at what point do we say enough is enough? You have one portal transfer. That's it. So you better fucking choose wisely. Like, why don't we put into these these things into effect? I just don't get it. And I, you know, I agree. An inch, he's going to take a fucking foot. You give him a foot, he's going to take a yard. And we have gotten out of control, and that is what we're seeing now. And there's 7,200 kids in the portal, Matt. I mean. Oh, there's, there's going to be 50,000 kids in the portal in a month. I mean, dude. It's going to be brand, It's going to be a fucking. Like, it's going to be crazy how many kids transfer it's gonna be nuts like people yeah i don't think you understand how many kids are gonna hit the transfer portal it's going to be disgustingly terrible but look yes you shouldn't be able to transfer more than once if you grad transfer if you're a graduate and you have your degree and you've put in two three four years somewhere and you want a grad transfer brother you have earned that right to grad transfer that is not what i'm talking about but if you just got somewhere or you've been there for a year and you redshirted and you don't have any film and you don't have anything to show coaches that you can play and you're just like, I'm going to transfer and go into the portal and start this process over again, your dumbass is going to sit in the portal. What? They're going to go find a younger guy or somebody else and you're going to sit there. There's so many people sitting in the portal that thought that they would get picked up and be out there balling out, and they walked away from full-ride scholarships at places because it was too hard, or the team or the team wasn't any good. Or, you know, like my favorite excuse these days is, oh, well, you know, the two, my team's not any good, and, you know, I just don't, I don't know about the future. And I'm like, can you predict the future? You think all the coaches are going to get fired? Well, I don't know. And I'm like, well, I do. They're probably all going to get fired, so. Why don't you just stick around and see how it's going to go and keep working? Well, I don't know. I just kind of want to leave. So it's all, none of this is based, this is my problem. None of this, brother, is based on like fact, numbers, fucking educated, ed, educated opinions by an agent or coaches because they don't have agents or coaches. Nobody wants to hear, like, I'm really devil's advocate on this. I'm not going to agree with them. If I helped place you somewhere on a full ride and then the next fucking six, six, eight months down the road, you're like, hey, can you help me transfer? No. No, I just help you get to college. Why would you want me to help you transfer? Like, (laughs) are you kidding me? They know that's ask me, Matt. They won't fuck talking about. So I just I, I think that the the like the best part about college football for me, coach, was it forced me if i wanted to continue playing on full scholarship to grow the fuck up and fix the things i wasn't good at and go to class and stop partying and start doing things right and and look the adversity in the face and say 
I'm going to change. Because and, and the, now kids look at it and go, well, these people didn't play me as a freshman or the team hasn't been any good or the coaches haven't been any good or whatever the situation is. I'm too far away from grandma or whatever excuse they want to throw out. Nobody is overcoming the adversity anymore. Nobody wants to stick around and solve the problem and be the tip of the spear that solves the issue. Everybody wants to run to, you know, run to something that's already built or run somewhere and, you know, make a super team and shit. Like at some point, if you're, if you're a starter in college football and you're walking away from a starting job, that is, there's something wrong with you mentally. Matt, out of Juco, I go to New Mexico, Rocky Long, Brian Erlacher's there, fucking, I uh, had him on my show. We, I'm going there. Before I found out I'm, I'm, my Division One clock was cooked, I got to go D2. I was starting there. There were six JUCO transfer quarterbacks. They had their returning JUCO uh, transfer quarterback, and there was eight quarterbacks on the roster. The first three weeks, I'm not starting, and I'm going to bed at night thinking of ways but being optimistic at the same time that I'm going to rip their ass tomorrow. I'm doing X, Y, Z to get the starting spot. Never in my mind, Matt, did it cross my mind to leave, quit, or transfer. Transfer. Like, it's, it was never. It wasn't even an option, bro. And I don't know. We, we didn't even have the option, Coach. An hour. We could talk about this for days. But I, I, I have to go back to my parenting my dad was not ever going to allow that a he taught me nor was never he did in parenting uh that that wasn't okay and you're gonna fucking grind and you're not gonna be a bitch made cat uh i guess that's probably what i attested to and in society in general right you walk by and said thank you yes sir please yes ma'am open the door uh for an elderly person like all this shit combined is fucking the reason that we have what we have. And I, I I don't care what anyone says. You can fucking fight me on it all you want. But we have a horrible dynamic happening in America. And it ain't just fucking... It starts at home, bottom line. I, I agree with that. There's a huge follow-through problem. Nobody wants adversity. Parents bulldoze shit out of the way for their kids rather than making them handle it and work for it. You know, I'll, I'll tell a story. Um, and then we'll move on from this. But... There were, two, there were two guys in my class in 2000 uh, that were excellent players, both four- and five-star players. Marcus Houston, who was a like the number one running back recruit in the country and just an absolute animal coming out of high school. And then Craig Oaks, who was in a school right down the street from me in Boulder, was a four-star and had 30 offers and was all just an unbelievable prospect. And two years into Colorado, like two and a half years, both of them were backups. Um, you know, Marcus had Bobby Purify and Chris Brown and Cortland Johnson in front of him. And Purify like, was a dude. Dude. Like, Chris Brown was a dude. And, like, dudes. Like, there's not scrubs. And we're killing people and running the ball down people's throats. And he's not involved. Uh, and he's pouting. And then Craig Oaks, you know, he, he got beat out by Bobby Pesaveno and, and had to watch, watch us win a Big 12 title while he watched. And. You know, and and both of them, I remember Houston 
cried and whined so much that he petitioned the NCAA and won and got to transfer and not sit out for a year and went to CSU, our rival, uh, like just to spite us and talked a bunch of shit and, you know, just super soft. And then Craig Oaks, I remember he invited everybody in to his house and was like, well, I just feel so disrespected and blah, 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 blah. And and I'm going to transfer. And everybody, I remember all my boys were like, oh, best of luck, Craig. And I was like, man, fuck you. We all came here together. You're not the only one going through adversity. We're supposed to be in this together. This class is special. And now you're leaving, he's leaving because you have to work because the veterans in front of us are better than you. And you're just going to leave and quit. And that that's, look, again, I'll reiterate. If you're a graduate and you've put in time, you have the right to transfer and I'm proud of you. Good job. You've earned that. If you're, if you're just going through some shit and you need to man up and fucking earn it, you need to stay where you're at and fucking put in work and not just run from every adverse situation because it's not going to work like that in the real world, bro. And look, unfortunately for all you guys going to the portal, you're not as good as you think you are. No shit. So you really, really, I'm begging you to make a good decision and not a rash one listening to Uncle Bob and like fucking your girlfriend and your fucking buddy who transferred two years ago and now isn't isn't playing anymore and just sitting there rolling fucking, you know, backwoods and smoking dope with you. Like, you better make a good decision or you're going to be a fucking fan quick. I'm so glad I got to play when I did, coach. I could, I could tackle people correctly. I could horse call your ass. I could ear hole you. I could talk shit. I could fuck you up if I wanted to. There was no social media. I didn't have to fucking sit there and play like this politically correct fucking nice guy game. I could really be an alpha savage if I wanted to. I, you know, like there was no transfer portal. You had to fucking, if you went somewhere, that's your, that's your shit. That's our fucking code. That's our creed. I bleed black and gold for a reason. We're shoulder to shoulder. Fuck all the other rivals. We're not transferring to fucking, we're not going to see you to Nebraska and shit. Like, and now like there's people are like, oh yeah, I want to play Colorado or Nebraska. And I'm like, what are you fucking die? So I, I just, the era that we are in right now that I'm telling you, man, the conference realignment on top of the transfer portal could easily destroy the fabric of college football and how much we love it. It's already starting to really piss me off. Let me ask you this. Uh, I want to, I want to throw out a few things to you. Um, right. I want to show you some things, dog. It's, it's unfucking believable. Um, I want to, I want to give you a few names real quick. Um, Justin Fuente. Okay. Um, Arizona State. Higher fit or no fit? Uh, I think he's done a pretty good job stepping in as the intern. Um, I, But I think Arizona State's going to try and, like, swing for the fences and spend some money and hire a big name. So I, I, don't, I don't think any of these intern coaches are going to survive, honestly. Okay, let me ask you this. Um, this is a list I got, and uh, I found it very interesting. I got it yesterday. Um, your boy. Um, Stanford. No, Carolina Panther. 
not going to the booth and going into uh, that rule. Rule. Do you like yep. in Arizona State? Um, I've heard him at Arizona State. I've heard him in Lincoln. I know he turned down the Colorado job a couple weeks ago. Um, Did he? Yeah, I think that. I think that there's. I don't think Matt Rule needs to coach. He's got a huge fucking buyout with Carolina. He can literally sit on his ass and not do anything for a couple of years and evaluate where he wants to go. That said, he has turned around Temple and Baylor and then went to Carolina. He's just not an NFL coach. So, you know, it, it just depends on where he sees the most potential. Uh, the Pac-12 jobs are tricky because the, the future of the conference is so up in the air, bro. Like, I, I personally believe that Washington and Oregon are going to follow SC and UCLA and go to the Big Ten. And I think that CU and Arizona State, Arizona, and Utah are all going to go to the Big 12, just they have to. And then you that leaves Stanford and Cal to go independent, and Oregon State and Washington State are going to end up in the Mountain West or some shit. So, man, it's a tricky fucking situation. But as a coach... If I'm Matt Rule and Nebraska's like, hey, we're going to give you all this money and resource, please come rebuild our program, I think he could do a good job there, bro. That's what he does. He rebuilds programs. So, Let me, let me give you some uh, – let me give you another one. Uh, your guy, any shot at all? Who? At Sanford. I'd like to think that they keep Mike around minimum as the offensive coordinator or the quarterback coach recruiting coordinator as a bridge for the next head coach. But, bro, it, it is so bad up there right now. Uh, it, just the point differential in the games is unbelievable. Just getting blown out every week. I mean, the, the only time they've won a game, they beat Cal 20-13 to 13 in overtime. Um that, that was the speech that I gave them. That's the only time that they've played a game and won. They almost beat Arizona State. They lost by six. But other than that, every other game has just been a fucking dusting. So I don't anticipate that they're at Washington this weekend. I don't anticipate that's going to be good. And then they host Utah the day after Thanksgiving. I don't anticipate that's going to be very good. So, no, I don't think he's going to be the head coach here in the future. Um, I know that, you know, the, the great Joel Klatt, uh, who I played with, who's all over college football and is very, very knowledgeable and knows what he's talking about. Uh, he's, he's on the advisory committee and essentially if he doesn't say yes, they're not going to hire the guy, whoever it is. Uh, so, and I, that's a good thing. Cause I don't know if there's anybody's word I respect more than, uh, my ex teammate and brother, Joel Klatt. So. Hopefully, CU can figure that out, but I don't think Sanford's the guy, now. unfortunately. He's done a great job, and I'm not sitting here talking shit. Mike Sanford's done yeoman's work in Boulder, and I, I hope that the new coach comes in and keeps that man around because he's really, he's really done a good job of, you know, immersing himself in the community with the players, and regardless of how shitty the record is, He's really kept that thing moving in the right direction because Carl Durrell might have been the worst hire in the history of college football, bro. Holy yeah, shit, how much, that guy how, much did fucking, how much did Tucker fuck that program too, though? T Tucker fucked him. He did. But but he also, Tucker also left him with a bunch of good recruits. 
and and guys who were there that Carl, you know, in the COVID year, Carl took that team to the Alamo Bowl and shit, won Pac-12 Coach of the Year, and then fell off of a cliff. So if you're losing Beckman, Beckham and Rice to USC and Christian Gonzalez to Oregon and Mark Mark Perry to TCU, well, that's four NFL football players right there that are gone. And then you're move, losing Keenan Ray to Tulane. There's five NFL football players gone. Uh, and then, you know, you fire Shiverini to, and he goes to UCLA and you try and like scapegoat him like it was all his fault. And then you get worse afterwards. I No, it was Darrell couldn't figure out how to manage the college personality now. The kids saw it before everybody else and they hit the transfer portal in masses. Broussard left, or the, the Pac-12 player of the year two years ago went to Michigan State. You know, so sometimes, it, you know, the writing's on the wall and I didn't see it, nobody did. Uh, but looking back at it, 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 he doesn't, he didn't know how to relate. He wasn't coaching them. There was no intensity. He wasn't recruiting. The laziest recruiter I've man, ever he been really... around. So, you know, they, yes, Mel Tucker fucked them it, one night. You, you got one night standed by by Mel. Uh, but but Darrell, Darrell fucked the program every day for two and a half years. Hey, let me ask you something, man. I got to ask you this real quick. I got to just – I just want to – I just want to laugh. Um what are your thought about this cat? Who? Oh God! That's the type of man he really is. Hey yo, what do this dude be saying? Hypocrite and being a pastor, I say this: How can he keep the almighty oath to the almighty God and he keep it for them? He hasn't kept it for neither nobody, so that proves the type of man he really is. Hey yo. <laughs> Look, dog. The political system in our country is a fucking joke. We got, we got, I mean, this this is a fucking joke. Uh, I feel like I'm watching reality TV, dog. And like, this is the best we can do is Herschel Walker and slurring Joe Biden, who can't remember his own fucking name, and, you know, Donald Trump and all these fucking, all these people is the best we can fucking do. Hey, let me let me let Walker is a bona fide piece of shit. How did he get fucking elected? I'm gonna run for fucking governor in Colorado. Here's my platform. Did he get elected? Oh yeah, he won. I'm pretty sure he won. I mean, it, it, he's up there giving a fucking victory speech. I'm gonna run for governor in Colorado. Here's my platform. Everything's legal. Vote for me. <laughs> what the fuck, man? I mean, Herschel Walker's. That's the guy you want leading. The, the state of Georgia? <laughs> no. I, the answer is fucking no. <laughs> hey, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something, man. I, what are I'm, we doing? <laughs> we haven't even talked football yet. Let me ask you something. We got, we have people that are on the left and people that are on the right in this country. Obviously, the most divided we've ever been. Red or blue. It's the biggest thing ever, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm glad I'm down the middle. Yeah, uh, I'm an independent. I'm a gray guy. Me too. I, cause I, cause you know why? Cause it, I have to see a guy like this and say, you know what, dog? Whatever. If I was Republican and I'm fucking, or I'm Democrat and I'm following whoever this fucker is, and I see this guy Herschel Walker, and he's talking to my fucking people, and he's telling us whatever the fuck he just said, I'm going to 
switch. I'm going to switch and say, you know what? I'm going the other way because there's no way that my conscience is going to allow for a fucking person that is <laughs> that can't speak, read That's or exactly write, how I feel. to go up there. And that goes for Biden, goes for Trump, goes for fucking whoever. And I'm just like, dog, I, I don't get it. Just because Bro. you're a certain color because your daddy told you you're going to grow up being Republican – doesn't mean you have to stay that way, exactly. Dog. Holy, and like, I, and people that are just diehard either side, I'm like, well, you're you're the fucking problem. Meet in the middle so we can all move forward because we're, we're the same, the same, the same thing they're arguing about now. I could have sworn it's like the same shit they were arguing about when I was a kid, like dog. abortion and rights and it's all commercialized now though it's all a joke it's all, it, yeah social media is, is really social media i mean for as i use the shit out of it for my business i know we're on social media every day but man it is such a fucking cesspool isn't it it's terrible it's a fucking joke uh let me ask you this let's get into some football real quick um i got steve kim man they, Call him the Korean Cosell. He's on Jason Whitlock show every day. He's like a co-host, so everyone knows him in here. Uh, he he actually has good takes on sports. But uh, let me ask you: NFL running back ranking uh, came out. Joe Mixon uh, was fifteenth. Uh, I I don't see fifteen better backs that I would want in the NFL over Joe Mixon. And I'm going to be honest, Matt. Do you know who Ramondre Stevenson is? Yeah, he's the back of the Patriots. He's a stud. Yeah. He's not ranked ahead of Joe Mixon on my fucking board. I don't he's pretty he's pretty fucking good though. I'm yeah, not gonna take away just I'm him. not gonna take it away from him just because he's obscure. He's he's pretty good. But they got him at ten over fucking Aaron Jones. Come on. Again, you you need to go watch this kid play. He's pretty fucking good. He's pretty good. Yeah. He's, he's pretty not good. Aaron Jones. All right. I mean, he's a totally different back. He's he's big and powerful and between the tackles, power back. Aaron Jones is a scat back, third down player. He's not that's why they have Dylan. So Let I would take you. I would take Stevenson over Jones, depending on the offense. Ooh. Uh Saquon Barkley is the number one. Agree or disagree? Give me the rest of the list. Chubb two. Derrick Henry's three. McCaffrey's four. Dalvin Cook is five. Austin Eckler is six. They got Damian Pierce for the Texans at seven. And they got Travis Etienne at eight. Aaron Jones is at, I'm sorry, this Ramondre Stevenson's nine. Aaron Jones is 10. Kenneth Walker, 11. Miles Sanders, 12. Josh Jacobs, 13. Tony Pollard, 14. Joe Mixon, 15. That's the NFL rankings came out on running backs. Who was 12th? Miles Sanders. All right. So, look. First of all, Josh Jacobs is 13th. What yeah. the fuck? That guy's an animal, dog. He needs. He's a top five back. Easy. He uh, Come on. Saquon, I don't have a problem with him at number one. He's really good. Chubb, really good. King Henry, I would put King Henry first because he's the fucking man. Um, McCaffrey is a top 10 back right now, of course. I don't know if he's fourth. Dalvin Cook deserves to be on the list. I love that there's two Colorado kids 
on the on the top ten list. I thought this was a flyover state, and there's no talent here. But two of the top fucking fifteen backs in the goddamn world are from Parker, Colorado. Yeah, that's what I fucking thought. We got dudes falling out of the fucking sky here that can play. So McCaffrey and Eckler, both two Colorado kids, uh, fourth and sixth. Eckler's a dog. You know who's not on this list? I can't fucking believe isn't on this list is Kamara. Just because Alvin Kamara plays for the shitty Saints and they're not giving him the ball, that motherfucker is an absolute animal. And if he played it a better on a better team, he would absolutely be on this list. So yeah, Travis Travis Etienne is having a good year, but I think he's dormant two years dormant, and plus he's got to you know when you get a charge, bro. Everybody, it's it's you're done. Yeah, I, I I've been to jail multiple times. I don't give a fuck about any of that. <laughs> we don't, we don't, but um, they this do. Shit happens, Doug. Let me ask you this: um, before we break down tonight's game, top twenty-five free agents in the, for two thousand twenty-three. Uh, here we go, and I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask Steve Kim later on. Uh, Ravens Lamar Jackson twenty-three is entering the age twenty-six years old. Um, he wants 250 plus. Um, interesting. I just want to give you these names and then we'll go back through them. Lamar Jackson's free agent. All right. Here's a big one for you, Matt. Chiefs O tackle Orlando Brown, free agent. Uh, he'll be 27 years old. Uh, Packers O tackle Elgin Jenkins. He'll be 27 years old. Saquon Barkley's free. Uh, DN Marcus Davenport for the Saints is free. Roquan Smith is again free. Tom Brady, Jimmy G, yeah. uh, D tackle, Javon Hargrave, um, Tony Pollard, running back, Geno Smith, Seahawks QB, Dallas Schultz, a big time uh, tight end for the Cowboys, who people I don't think understand. Free agent, somebody might scoop him up. He's a good Hunter player. David, uh, linebacker for the Bucks. Um, Another good player. Bengals safety, Jesse Bates. Eagles corner, James Bradbury. Good player. Josh Jacobs. Great player. Jordan Poyer. Great player. Daniel Jones. Um, Okay, player. Jack Conklin. Great Uh, player. Patriots, Jacoby Myers. Um, Good, good player. Serviceable. Yeah, Tennessee guard, Nate Davis. That's 55. He's a good fucking player, too. He's a dog, that kid. Bucks corner, Jamal Dean. Kansas City wideout, Juju Smith-Schuster. Dolphins tight end, Mike Gesicki. Um, These are guys that are going to be free agents. Uh, I'll tell you, the names that really popped off that list for me are obviously Lamar, where he he could set the market. I mean, let's be real. He's going to get fucking broke off. Um but then Saquon Bar- I would like I would like to take a bet with you on that. Well, what 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 bet would you like to make exactly? I don't know. I have to pay you for the first bet first. Um, okay, touche. Uh, um, let's see. Korean Cosell be here in about twenty minutes. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm I got a feeling, dog, that I think this Ravens deal is going to get blown up. I don't. I don't think he's gonna get be back in Baltimore. I think he's oh, gonna go somewhere else. We don't have a bet then, because I, 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 I agree. I, I think it's gonna get blown up. I think it's gonna. Now, I, I agree. think someone's I, gonna overpay him. I, I'm not gonna disagree with the money. I think he's gonna get paid. I thought you meant Ravens. 
I don't no, think no, no. Back. I, I think the, the Ravens are going to lowball him. And then he's, or perceived lowball him in his opinion. And he's going to go to the fucking Panthers or the Niners or the Raiders. He's going to go to one of these places that are, you know, the Seahawks looking for a quarterback that doesn't have one and go, okay, there's our new franchise quarterback. And we didn't even have to trade for him. And Baltimore's not going to get shipped back for him, and that's a problem. But Saquon Barkley, that's a fucking big name. Josh Jacobs, huge name. Think about Tom Brady being a free agent again. And we said this, I said this a couple weeks ago. I want to get your opinion on this. Tom Brady to Tennessee. Fuck, dude. If Tom Brady comes back at 48, I'm going to be like, fuck, dude. Tom Brady will come back next year. Bet me. Ah, damn. Garen fucking T. Do you actually think that Tom Brady's going to let Giselle go on TMZ, bang, banging the jujitsu fucking guy already? I know you saw that. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You think he's going to let her? I saw it in Vegas with Pat. We were just looking at it like, fucking cunt. Like, yeah, like what a bitch, what bro. Like, a year ago, she's posting that she's working jujitsu with this guy when really she was just going to class and, and you know what that is. So, and, and then she's got the audacity to just like publicly divorce him like this and make it about him when really she's the one over there getting bang banged by the fucking jujitsu guy behind the scenes. And now she's already in the fucking Mediterranean, you know, over there on a date and shit with his kids. While he's in the middle of football season, dog, I'm surprised Tom Brady hasn't called a hitman at this point. Holy shit! And like, I, I just cloth, dog. That I don't, you, I don't, you you do what you're allowed to do, Matt. In life, come on, yeah, dog. Well, they're divorced. She can go. Matt. She can go suck whoever's dick she wants at this point. That's what divorced bitches do. I'm but just how, saying. How like, ironic is that? You just had a divorce. You've been married to this man for I don't know how fucking long. Yeah, you got three kids. You're over it pretty quick, huh? Real quick, she was fucking him the whole time, guaranteed, bro. And then she like made Tom the bad guy because he wants to play football when really she's the one she's the one committing adultery and shit. Like, I'm sorry, but of all the women out here who think that Tom's wrong and she's right, you're a you're a cancerous bitch too. You're the fucking problem. So yeah, yeah, you're you're I'm you're one of the ringer on this deal, having to deal with Antonio Brown's bitch ass. For real, and- dog, all this crazy shit. Like Look, bro, I, I've been through a divorce. I know a bunch of my buddies have. Shit is not fun. Uh, but uh, women out here these days have got this fucking standard that's just unreachable, dog. It's why I don't fuck with them anymore. Like, don't get me wrong. I love them. They're awesome. But, the like, if I have to listen to your bullshit consistently, it outweighs everything that's positive about you in the first place. Hey, what I, don't you know, I don't know any women that don't complain constantly. What do you think about this text from uh, from Brady to, to Antonio? I think it's a great friend. I think he's a great man and friend trying to fucking calm down his idiot fucking buddy who is destroying his life. That's what I that's think. What I thought. That's what I would have did the same thing. And that yes. just ate at Antonio Brown. That message right there is what ate at him. And now, now Antonio Brown, I've heard, has basically been robbing people for fake jewelry and rob and selling it and like. Bro, Antonio, Antonio Brown is the biggest piece of shit in the history of pieces of shit. Like he is, he is up there, bro. He is, he's that turd that you can't flush. You just can't get rid of it. And like everyone's tried to help this cat and he refuses to help himself. 
I'm telling you, when Bontis Burfitt ripped, ripped his head off on Sunday Night Football, he's never been the same since. Like, his, his, his fucking head bounced around inside of his cranium so hard that it literally, like, crippled him mentally. Like, he's a mental cripple, and, and that, that sucks. But the, the, the text message is Tom Brady being a fucking leader. That's what he is. So the fact that Tom hasn't come out and, like, roasted Giselle publicly and he's not out dick-slinging some supermodel that, that also shows big-time character on his end, too, in my opinion, because he's not playing this fucking shady game that his ex-wife is playing. You want to go out there in public with my kids and fucking parade around with another dude? I'm sorry, but I wouldn't be reacting like Tom is. I'd be at the doorstep like, motherfucker, you better give me back my kids. This shit ain't going to fly. So that's a, trip about, that's a trip part about it. I'm all, all, all that said... I don't think that he's going to allow this year to be his last season just because I know, like, mentally how the guy thinks. And just think, if he's a free agent, which he is, he can just walk away from Tampa Bay and Mike Vrabel, his buddy, is just sitting in Tennessee going, I got an offensive line that's fucking elite. I've got a defense that will beat the shit out of people, especially if we've got a quarterback that can complete the ball. I'll go get whatever receivers you want me to get, Tom. Just let me know. Oh, by the way, we got King Henry, and we're going to fuck people up on the ground, and you can come play quarterback for us, bro. Whatever schedule you want to set, you can set. We'll run everything through you, and let's go. You can pretty much be the offensive coordinator. What do you think, Tom? And and Tom's going to go, okay, Mike. And he's going to go to Tennessee and win another Super Bowl, and his victory speech is going to be, hey, Giselle, ride this. Ha, ha, ha. Eight rings. I'm telling you, dog, he goes to Tennessee, they are going to fucking roll people, at least for a year, and then he'll ride off into the sunset. Yeah, but if, if he goes anywhere, dog, I would bet my dollars and dimes he's a Raider or a Niner, and Aaron Rodgers at the other place, he don't go. wherever the, Those two are coming west. So I, I, I do agree that the NFC place for Tom Brady is the Niners. So I, I think he goes to either the Niners or the Titans. I don't see him going to the Raiders, bro. The Raiders are a fucking dumpster fire. They can't even fire McDaniels because they're so broke. Like, how do you have that stadium in Vegas and you can't fire your coach? What? We don't have the we don't have the we're cash poor. We can't fire Josh McDaniels. You're cash poor. You're the fucking Raiders. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Tonight's game. Uh, let me ask you this: Does 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 Aaron Rodgers first of all does he get his second win in a row? A. Yes or no. So <clears throat> I think yes, because Tennessee is really beat up. Like even if Simmons plays the great three technique, he's hurt. Bud Dupree's been out. I don't know if he's going to play. They're probably going to hold both those guys tonight because it's a Thursday nighter. You know, Tennessee just got done beating Denver in a really, really physical fucking game. They had to play a bunch of backups. Um, Tennessee's good. Their defense is legit. Uh, and Derrick Henry can pound the rock. It's all It all comes down to Tannehill, bro. Like, if Tannehill can complete some passes and, and win in the red zone and they don't have to kick field goals, they might have a chance to win. But I think Green Bay hit a stride last week. I think they figured some stuff out on offense. After the Detroit loss, Green Bay had to really look at themselves in the mirror. And they they had to come back against Dallas. They were down. 
and they they came back and chopped them up and ended up winning the game. They were down 28-17. Well, I don't know if you know this. I broke it earlier. Tennessee center, Ben Jones. Ben Jones is out. Yeah. So the, they've got a bunch of guys out. That's my point. They got out. Ben Jones is out. They've Dupree, got multiple. on defense is out. Their safety and Ryan Hooker's out. There's, yeah, they got dudes out. So out. They're, they're losing their best offensive lineman interiors out and their leader. Uh, but Dupree, their best pass rush is out. Yeah, Harold Landry's been out. So they've got a bunch of injuries they're dealing with. Is it is it in tenant is it in Nashville? Uh yeah. No, it's in Green Bay. So it's in Lambeau. I think the Packers win tonight. Uh you know, and, and that's not a terrible loss for Tennessee, but it's a great win for Green Bay. I'll tell you if Green Bay loses, they're it's gonna be hard pressed to make the fucking playoffs as a wild card because they're not winning that division. Minnesota's no, taking off of that division. So they're done. Uh yeah. but let me ask you this about this. I want to get your take on a few things. Break some football down real quick, like no other. I got my last chance cue with Sean Salisbury later. We're not gonna talk about this, I don't think. But man, I gotta get on that show. That shit rocked. That was kick ass. Oh yeah, we gotta get you on here. You just let me know when you want to do some old line shit and I'm in. All right. Um let me ask you this. They the remaining schedule. All right, Titans tonight. Eagles next. Green Bay, Bears. you're saying? Rams, Dolphins, Vikings, and Lions. Now, let's say let's say they beat the Lions and the Bears because Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. They got beat by the Lions, but it won't happen again. So they're going to get those two wins. Uh, I think they could beat the Rams. They're, they're depleted. So there's three wins. Now you're down to tonight, the Vikings – who they lost to already, and Dolphins. Loss. Loss. All right. Now, let me flip side this. The Washington Commanders, the Wussies, the Pussies, the Redskins, whatever the fuck we are, they are, they're in the playoff hunt right now. As of today, all four teams in the NFC East are in the fucking playoffs. And so in the AFC East. Both what does that do East. for the Packers? They cannot afford to lose more than I don't I want to say not more than fucking I want to say two games but I think it's really one. Yeah, they're going to have to upset some people. They're going to have to win some games they're not supposed to win starting with tonight. I mean, I I know there's probably a lot of people that think Tennessee will go into Green Bay and win. Uh I have to think Green Bay's the favorite though. I mean, it, it, especially at home. Um Green Bay's got to turn this around. Otherwise, they're not going to have Aaron next year. They're going to be stuck with Jordan Love. So, if you want to keep Aaron Rodgers around, you better fucking win. I think they're going to get Derek Carr, and I think Aaron Rodgers is going to the Raiders. That's my gut feeling. Um, I think the Raiders are going to give up Derek Carr and a bunch of shit, and he's going to be back with Devontae fucking Adams and Josh Jacobs, and Waller will be back, and Fucking Renfro and this motherfucking Raiders. And McDaniels will still fuck it up. Probably, but at least he'll he'll go out with a bang. Um, Man, that guy's a fucking cancer. By the way, are we going to continue the Stafford conversation, or are you? Yes. Here we go. Nine minutes. Here we go. Nine minutes. Uh, so you're picking who tonight? I'm taking Green Bay at home. All right, I'm gonna take Green Bay. I gotta go with them. I just I'm gonna go Green Bay. Uh and and look, I'm a I I bet my ass off and I win a lot. So my touchdown scores tonight are and trust me on this. Mercedes Lewis. Oh fuck. In the red I, in the red zone. Trust me, he's getting one tonight. 
Mercedes Lewis is getting one tonight. And A.J. Dillon on offense for the Packers. Okay. And then King Henry's going to get two. So if you want to want to parlay some touchdown scores, that's what I'm doing this evening. All right. You ready for this? I'm ready to listen to you try and tell me that Stafford's better than Rodgers. Yeah, I'd love to hear this. I'm not saying he's better. What I'm saying is if you put him in any other organization for the last 10 years, would we not be sitting here debating that Matthew Stafford could very well be a shoe-in Hall of Famer, A, and B, argue that he is fucking, I would put him above on my Mount Rushmore, above Aaron Rodgers, whatever's on my Mount Rushmore, wherever okay, so it who, is. Who are your four Mount Rushmore quarterbacks, son? Well, I, I, and I don't, I don't want to, I want to speak lame and I don't mean my top four because either one of them would be on my top four right now. What I'm saying is my, 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 my top echelon of quarterbacks. Let's okay. say top ten. I, right. I, I could put, I could see my in my top ten, which Aaron Rodgers would be in, right? I could see Matthew Stafford being above him in that top ten, if so, he would win another Super Bowl. So let me, let me, let me break this down. Here, here we go. Ready for this? I just pulled this up right now, dog, because I was intrigued. And now I feel happier about myself. They both, okay, Aaron Rodgers played 220 games. Matthew Stafford's played 190. Completions, Stafford has 4,500. Aaron Rodgers has 4,800. Pass attempts, both are over 7,000. All right, completion percentage, almost identical, 65-63. Passing yardage, almost identical, 57,000 to 52,000. And Aaron Rodgers has 30 more games. All right, passing touchdowns now. Rodgers has 466. Stafford has 331, 30 less games. Um, percentage, touchdown percentage, 1615. Interceptions, one, Aaron's on 100. Stafford's on 169. Um, I mean, everything's fucking pretty close, bro. Uh, passing yards a game, Stafford's 20 yards better. Um, I mean, I'm looking at this, and this is with the fucking Lions. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, like, are we just avoiding that fact? No, the, this is my argument. No one's debating if Stafford can throw the football well. He's a fucking... He's a gunslinger. Okay? No, he's a top five. Salisbury said he's a top five ball spinner of all time. I agree. He can really throw the ball. Um, I'm glad he got a ring. I think he's a Hall of Famer. That really? All that, said, he's all a Hall that said, I do think he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think the requirements to get in the Hall of Fame these days is pretty low, and he, he'll get in. Um, so then why, why Carson Palmer's not in? They're not that low. Let's not get off the subject. My fault. All they're, right, go they're, ahead. They're not, the, the requirements aren't that fucking low. Let's be real. Carson's a dude, but by the way, yeah, all right, but Carson ain't never. Look, time out. Carson ain't right, never. Right, 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 right. We're not going to go here. Go, go, go back to Stafford. So you brought him up. Shit. So my thing with Stafford is I'm. my question back to you is very simple. Peyton Manning took a hapless Colts team and turned them into a dynasty. Tom Brady took a hapless Patriots team and turned it into a dynasty. Fucking, like, Russell Wilson went to Seattle and took them to Super Bowls. I I personally think greatness is when you elevate a team 
as a leader. And Stafford out never won shit in Detroit. And I, my question to you is, if Aaron Rodgers was in Detroit and Stafford was in Green Bay, do you think they both have this, like the numbers could be the same. Do you really think Aaron doesn't win in Detroit? Absolutely. 100% I do. So he doesn't win and he can't elevate the Lions? Uh, no. Do you think Peyton Manning could have elevated the Lions? No. So nobody can elevate the Lions? No. <laughs> Matt, are you I mean, shitting me? That's the worst he, organization in fuck. Did Barry yeah, Sanders? He, did he Barry had, Sanders elevate him? He had a top five receiver of all time for 10 years and they never won a playoff game, dog. Like, I, dog, I'm sorry. Dog, what does that mean? I, that means oh, are we playing well, seven time out. Seven time out. You were just you were just raving Hold about how Rodgers and Devontae. Hold the fuck on. Are we playing just, seven on? No. no. You were just saying that Rodgers and Devontae Adams have this, you know, bond and like they're great together. Okay. Well, they won a bunch of games together. They didn't win a Super Bowl, but they won a bunch of games. Stafford had Megatron and all these dudes forever and put up all these numbers. And I'm I mean, they Detroit was hapless while he was there. So I, you, I'm not going to get behind this Matt Stafford train when he had to literally go to the most loaded fucking team on earth to win a Super Bowl, and now everybody's gone from that team or hurt, and they suck again. And he's right back to where he was in Detroit. At least now he got a ring, right? So I want to know where Stafford had dudes at. I'm fucking confused as shit. Bro, he got fucking Megatron. One guy is dudes in the NFL? Come on, man. Oh, you my gotta be fucking kidding. God. Are so, you kidding so, me? Okay. He went to the playoffs twice with Detroit. Homie, you're killing me with the Lions take, dog. It, the, you're sitting here you comparing Lions to fucking you Denver? cannot elevate your franchise, you're not great. Period. Is Philip Rivers a all is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer? <sighs> Numbers wise, yeah, I guess. So tell me, what the fuck is the difference? He did nothing in San Diego, homie. I nothing. didn't say I didn't say Stafford wasn't a Hall of Famer. I just said he I was. I know, I know, but what is the difference between these two guys? Rivers actually had fucking bro, dudes and didn't bro, win. Bro, are and you Stafford had nobody in fucking now we're saying he had dudes and he should be fuck no. Stafford if Stafford was in San Diego or any other reputable franchise, we could be arguing. This is all my argument is, Matt. We would be having a different conversation because Matt Stafford could have multiple Super Bowls where Aaron Rodgers maybe struggled to win one in Green maybe. Bay. Maybe, but he was in Detroit and he didn't elevate the franchise at all and had to leave to even win a playoff game. So that shows me that he needs to be around the best defensive player ever, the best corner in football, the best receiver in football. Go out and get the best left tackle in football. Go get a first ballot pass rusher. I don't see it that way. I don't see it that way. You don't have to see it anyway. That's the way it is. No, it's not. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. I can say this guy left a shitty team and goes to a fucking well, I'm pretty sure in Detroit he had Indominus Sue and fucking Megatron and all no. these other dudes. He look up the fucking roster when they made the playoff. He so why don't Aaron Rodgers have more Super Bowls? So uh, again, why doesn't because Aaron Rodgers is a terrible postseason quarterback? That's why. What? what? 
Hold on. He's terrible. His postseason resume is fucking awful. I agree with you. That's my point, though. The argument is, the argument is, if Stafford was anywhere else, would you consider putting him above Aaron Rodgers? No. What if I put him in Green Bay? I I can't speculate because I can't do it because I watched Stafford never elevate his football team ever. I'm not saying he wasn't good. I'm not saying he wasn't playing with some shitty players. But to say he didn't play with any greatness is ridiculous. He played with the first ballot Hall of Fame. Yeah, man, but one guy, man, you played in the league. You fucking break, bro. Fucking Aaron Rodgers only had one guy. Who did Jordan Nelson and Devontae? Barry Sanders, you're you're saying running back could have. Barry Sanders was on the same shitty teams. He fucking forced him to retire that organization because Barry's not a bitch. They did the same thing to Megatron. And demanded a trade. He still retired. Still. Still. This is the only fucking franchise that this gets this kind of excuse. Period. You're telling me that none of these quarterbacks could go there and elevate Detroit? Peyton, Tom, Rogers, nobody can go to Detroit and win? No, because you got to have fucking pieces around you. You've seen that in Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman went 1-15 as a fucking rookie because the Dallas Cowboys were And then they got him, Michael Irvin. And and they went three Super Bowls. So, okay. So, again... Look up the people that he played with, and they're not as bad as you think they are. They're just not. Well, I, I, I will, I will, I will take your advice. I will look into the rosters more, but I'm just he, telling you, he didn't elevate his team. They're to, not great. Anything substantial, and that they go Charger rosters. They're well, not, okay, they're not oh, rosters, yeah, but, okay, but I'm not sitting here arguing that Phyllis Rivers is any good either. I think he's no, super fucking saying, overrated. And never won shit. The general public gives so many other quarterbacks passes. I'm curious. All I'm saying is that we can wish in one hand and shit in the other one. We'll never know. But all I'm saying is I'm saying if this cat was anywhere else in a reputable damn franchise, we could sit here and have a conversation that this guy is already in the Hall of Fame. Because Aaron Rodgers is already in the Hall of Fame. So we could be arguing that Stafford's already in the Hall of Fame too. and Which I agree with. And we could be arguing that this guy is a shoe-in Hall of Famer right now, just like Rodgers is. is. But they both have one Super Bowl. They both well, have the same. But I'm not debating that either of them are shoe-ins. St- Stafford winning the Super Bowl last year and the way he did it solidifies his place in the National Football Hall of Fame. I already agree with that. My, all I'm saying is the requirements to get into the Hall of Fame these days are low. They're based on numbers and not really what you did in my opinion, at the quarterback position. Otherwise, Rivers wouldn't get in. He didn't win shit. I mean, it, it you know, it, it's just it's what it is. So Stafford is a hell of a player. My beef with him and keeping him off of my top 10 list or whatever list we're talking about, not saying he's not a Hall of Famer, not saying he's not great, not saying he's not a good ball spinner. I'm saying that I would take a lot of other guys over him uh, and – to say that he didn't need to go to, and I'm going to reiterate, have the best receiver in football, the best corner in football, the best three technique in football, the best pure pass rusher in football, the best left tackle in football, the best head coach maybe in football at the time, gave up every draft pick they had to mortgage that to win one Super Bowl, and they got it. And now the entire franchise is going to be They'll be shit for the next eight to 10 years because everyone's going to leave and they're done. So all I'm saying is I wish that Matt Stafford, instead of the excuse of 
Detroit's too bad to win. I'd rather him be the guy that turned Detroit around because eventually somebody's going to. And I don't know who it's going to be, but somebody's going to fucking win there eventually. It's just oh, it's going to happen eventually. Hey, hey man. I, it wasn't him. I can't wait to have this fucking argument tomorrow again. <laughs> um, hey, uh, I got my main man, Steve Kim, in the back. I got to get to him. Uh, you have a hell of a day today. And uh, Oh, you got to hit me up. I got to talk to you about uh, Dallas and the merch. So I hit oh, you up. Oh, fucking name. Yeah, I'll call you later. All right, later. Peace. My main man, I appreciate it. I'm going to bring my main man, Steve Kim, in here. All you guys don't like, make sure you like it on the bottom of this ticker down there. You can follow Steve on Twitter. And uh, he is known to be on Jason Whitlock's show, Fearless, uh, basically every day. So I got to clap it up for my main man, Steve Kim. Steve, what up, man? I appreciate you joining me. Oh, good morning. What an, Hey, by the way, the last month or two, uh, I, I, you are my morning coffee, you and Big McChesney. You guys give me a jolt of energy every day, talking about some real unfiltered football talk, entertaining and educational. And, and for everyone out there, uh, watch Last Chance Q with you and Salisbury, learning a lot of things, uh, find it highly enjoyable. And, and Jason, Jason, I love doing the Monday show with me and you as the one-two punch on Whitlock because I think I'm the jab. I'm the jab. I kind of amuse Jason a little bit. You know, I irritate them, and then you come in with the audience. You piss everybody off. It's the greatest combination. It's like it's like when uh, Tommy Hearns knocked out uh, Roberto Duran. Jab, right hand, bang. It's, it's a great combination. Great to be I honest. I got to look at the comments, man. I got to go back and look at the comments. I never do. I, I need to go back in there because I heard I've been bad. Don't. Don't. <laughs> hey. Hey, so let me ask you something, man. I, I hear I listen to you all the time, and I got to see know who you are, and I'm like, I'm like, man, you 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 very uh, educational on this in, in sports in general. What what got you in it? Did you play as a youngster, or did you just say, "Screw it, I'm gonna I'm gonna know, I'm gonna learn more than everyone else"? Here's the thing, Jason. I love football. I cover boxing as a profession. I've been in boxing for about 25, 30 years. The one thing that you didn't list that I do, I, I do a weekly podcast on boxing with Mario Lopez. Yeah, AC okay. Slater. We're taking yeah. a hiatus. We're going to come back in January. The show is not dead for everyone that's asking. Um, but having Asian parents in the 80s, selling them on playing football was a tough sell. <laughs> it was Unless you're a kicker, unless you wanted to be the next John Lee. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't going to happen. So I, I ended up playing baseball. And I was okay. I went to Montebello High School. But I've always been fascinated by football. It's still my favorite season. It's something that I study. I watch a lot of it. I watch a lot of old NFL films. I watch a lot of coaching um, videos of, of Vince Lombardi, by the way. Wow. You know, uh, McChesney said something uh, a couple weeks ago that, hey, I watch old documentaries and highlight films. I do the exact same thing. I think he does it for educational purposes. I do it for more of a historical standpoint. But even though I played baseball, I, I'm bored by the game. I have not watched a nine-inning game probably since the last one I played in which is a seven-inning playoff game in Montebello High School. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm asked to go to baseball games all the time, and the Dodgers are real good. Jason, I have no interest. I'd rather go to a Miami game 3,000 miles away to watch my Hurricanes than a Dodger game, which is 20 minutes away in Chavez Ravine. And I, I love – look, I do cover sports, but my two main passions is boxing and really college football and now more so with the NFL – uh, with Jason Whitlock. And also, Jason, uh, your show is a part of the process. I try to learn and glean as much information 
from a technical and strategic standpoint as possible. As Larry Merchant of HBO, God, God bless him. He told me one time, he goes, Steve, your job is to be an observer. And if you want to be a good observer, shut up, listen, and learn once in a while. Hey, that's why we got two ears and one mouth, they say. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, let me ask you this. Did you, you, did you hear any of me and Matt's argument? We've had, we've had this two days in a row now, Matthew Stafford and Rogers thing. I, I brought this up on uh, uh, with Marcellus Wiley a while back, and I'm like, you know, It'd be ironic. It'd be weird to see Stafford somewhere for at least, let's say, at least five years other than Detroit, and you would be you'd be shocked to see what he possibly would have, would have accomplished. Uh, and and we could argue that he's he's got a better resume than Aaron Rodgers if he wins another Super Bowl. And Detroit has held him back just like they did Barry Sanders and everybody else that's ever gone through there. Do you just think that's crazy of me to say that? It's funny that you bring that up because. Nine, ten months ago, after the Super Bowl, on our Monday show, or right around that time, I said to Whitlock, if you look at Stafford's numbers, the raw data, now he's got a Super Bowl. I said, Jason, he's now in that discussion to wear a gold jacket. Now, here's the thing, though, and I know you'll appreciate this. Passing numbers today are so inflated that it used to be if you threw for 50,000 yards, that was like 3,000 hits. Like you're getting it. Now guys are in the 70s and 80s. And some of these names, I'm like, wow. Like you can't actually believe that they've gotten that many numbers. Here's the thing about Stafford. Because in the past, people have called him Matthew Stat Patter. Because they'd be down in games. They'd have to throw for three quarters. They ditch the running game. They're down 34-17. And then him and Calvin Johnson make it close. And they lose 45-38. Winning, I think, does matter, but that that's not really a stat for a quarterback. I know people try to push it, but I think Stafford needs another Super Bowl or another deep playoff run. Now, it's not going to happen this year because they have no offensive line and that team's banged up. They're done. I, I will say this. If he wins another Super Bowl, I think he absolutely gets in. But then you bring up the case, why isn't Jim Plunkett in? Jim Plunkett won two Super Bowls in a four-year period and he, that was in a much different, more difficult era of passing. Jason, the most fascinating discussion you and McChesney had the last month, and I loved it, was the one on Troy Aikman. And, Coach, I'm with you. I think Troy Aikman is vastly underrated because people only look at the numbers. But when he was in his prime, I watched a lot of those Cowboy games coached by Jimmy Johnson. When that back foot hit on three, five, and seven-step drops, he had the best intermediate uh, accuracy I have ever seen in my life. Steve, if you talk to anybody in the NFL that knows football, Troy Aikman is the most accurate quarterback of all time. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, that people don't realize how good he was. Jason, I watched every one of his games at UCLA, 1987 and 80, and people don't realize this. He's a California kid. He actually yeah. was born in Cerritos before Cerritos he was to Cerritos High School. Right. And, Jason, I love when people think, well, he's a big white guy. Bro, he was so good as an athlete. Barry Switzer had him running the wishbone. Yes. That's how I mean, Miami broke his leg, Jerome Brown, and I've seen that game. I'm a big Hurricane fan. Before he got injured in that game, him and Keith Jackson were killing a very talented Miami defense. He was like yes. six for seven, 120 yards, a touchdown. You could see it. This is how good Aikman was, in yes. my view, and why he's the all-time prototype, him and John Elway. He was the number one pick in 1989. He'd be the number one pick in 1999. He'd be the number one pick in 2000. He'd be the number one pick in 2049.
because yes. physically and athletically and the arm talent, he was Michael Irvin once told a story that he would only run certain routes like the bang eight unless Michael was uh, unless Michael was being thrown to by Troy. Because the way Troy threw the ball with the velocity and accuracy and timing, he said, I didn't trust anyone else or I may get killed. So, and Troy Aikman, the way he's underrated, JB, and I've thought about this, and I know people that were involved with all the White House stuff. I'll tell you that one day when we meet, okay? On a team like that, that had so many characters and wackos and zany guys, Troy had to be the stable individual that brought everyone together, that everyone would respect. And he needed to be the one leader that, hey, let's stop around here. Troy's in the building. Right. And I think that value as a quarterback is so underrated on a team like that. Yes, it, it factor, man. People don't realize that. That's a lot. You know, right now, this is what this is what this guy does not have, right? Where's my damn car? Uh, <laughs> like, that's what this guy doesn't have. I just got to see him up close and personal, Steve. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it, it he is horrible, man. He's holding that franchise back. I gotta be honest. Um, let me Coach, ask you this. Uh Coach, real quickly on Derek Carr. In watching him play, did, did you find out anything new about it? Because one thing about Derek Carr, this is why I talk about stats being such liars. When you look at his box score and his aggregate stat, he's not bad, but when you watch the game, there's something missing. Was there was anything you learned watching him live? No doubt. So first of all, he'll miss a he'll miss a ball that's clear and free right in his face, like a a, a hits ball with no 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 alley to presence. Mm-hmm. There's nobody in his his throwing lane. He won't even throw it. He'll try to take something else that's not there. And then when he does throw balls, the reason you see his stat line that's not bad is is he'll throw the crossers that are safe to Devontae. Mm. And Devontae is a huge human being in person, by the way. He will shake a dude, miss, make a guy miss, stiff arm a dude, and he'll get you 30, 40, 50 yards. And then even in that last weekend's case, he took one to the house. Um, it's the yak yards that Carr gets on balls that are thrown at or behind the line of scrimmage. And that is why not only his percentage is high, but his mm. numbers are decent. He's but he's only still throwing for two twenty a game. Yeah. So in other words, that's what I call empty calories. Empty oh, calories. Yeah. And that's the NFL in totality right now, yes. man. The quarterback play, in my opinion, you know, is the worst I've ever seen. But but it's I'm starting to see it even more and more. And and, and me and Sean breaks it down today. Another show later on, and, and we're gonna break this down in full. But I mean, it's lateral, horizontal. Yeah. It's quick. It's right now. Get the ball out because the coordinators and head coaches don't have trust in these guys anymore, in my opinion. And I don't know, man. It's a bad combination up there in Vegas right now. A car is a bad is is bad. Um, but I gotta ask you something. Uh I know you're well rounded, well versed. Uh who's worse? Nets or the Lakers? <laughs> that, that, that's an interesting one. <laughs> Let me ask you this before you answer. Like, are the Nets just like the biggest shit show yeah. and the Lakers just have the worst roster configuration? Or is it a combination of both? Because apparently the Nets held a meeting, a players-only mm. meeting, without yeah. one of their players, Ben Simmons. Um, <laughs> you, got the whole Kyrie, you got the whole fucking Kyrie thing. You got KD, who's never been a leader, in my opinion. Um you know the Ben Simmons thing is just it's 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 unbelievable. I I just I've I've been against him forever. I, well, 
hey, I don't coach. like Kyrie either. But at least if he stood by what he can, his convictions, like he did last year when he took the, when he didn't take the jab, I I said, you know what? You don't gotta res- you don't gotta like somebody to respect them, and I respected him. But now when he came out and then he apologized, now I'm like, all right, Kyrie, you're always got something going on. So. I don't know where I'm at with that, but this organization seems like a shit show. Here's the, by the way, if you're having a players only meeting without Ben Simmons, it's just players only. He's not a player. He's exactly a problem. Right. You know, yeah. you'd call him a shitbird. The guy's very flawed. Shitbird. It's not like he's a total bust, but his game is so incomplete. And, you know, and you talk about this a lot. We have the, the NBA created or fostered this attitude that you don't have to do your job and actually just play a game. When they started to allow resting, load man, I said, You're, we're in trouble. Yep. We're in trouble because if you allow people to be lazy, and I'm one of them, we will take advantage of it. You have an obligation. These guys are literally getting paid a half million dollars a game. They're not digging ditches. They're not working on a construction yard. They're not doing any heavy. They're playing ball. This is what they want. And you're, and you're making it sound like, Oh, they need to. T- no, they don't. They could play like a few less minutes. Get out of here with that. Here's the thing about the Lakers, JB. And I'm an LA guy like you. I I literally watched, I would say, for a period of 15 years of my life growing up, I probably missed maybe five Laker games when they're on Channel 9, KHK, Cal 9, then Prime Ticket. I don't even watch them anymore. But I do think the Lakers are a little bit better off because, look, they're not going to have the Kobe, the, excuse me, the LeBron issue for long. And they're a franchise traditionally because we're in L.A., because of the brand. They're always going to be able to attract players. New Jersey will, or the, the Brooklyn Nets will always be the other team besides the Knicks. As mediocre as the Knicks are, they are the number one team in that market. And Kevin Durant, I've always felt, was better off as the number two banana and the score number one scoring option because there's a difference. He's not a leader. No. Kyrie comes with a lot of baggage. As I like to say, more baggage than LAX. So that is an absolute mess. Then I don't know who in the world thought adding Ben Simmons was a good idea. I mean, so yeah, the Lakers, Lakers and the Nets, that's like I like to say. What's worse, gonorrhea or syphilis? Well, neither is good, but then the question is, which is easier to cure? One burns when you piss, I heard. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, or or the crabs. But anyway, I mean, I do think the Lakers are more curable based on their brand and the fact, look, and LeBron, if LeBron insists, oh, hey, if my son's going to play with me, I'm going to say, great. It'll be somewhere. It ain't going to be here. I'm not doing that crap. No, that circus needs to end. Like you got, you get James Harden, who, by the way, has never won shit. Ugh. So you get James Harden in there with this whole fiasco. He demands to get out because he's soft and load management guy too. He got, he gets out. You, you say, okay, let's get Simmons instead. Which I'm like, <laughs> what? Then you got Kyrie, who's missed more games than he's played. Um, he's been a cancer everywhere he's been. And then you got KD, who needed a Draymond. Clay and Steph, or he never wins. Um, even though you may be the most talented, that doesn't mean you're the best on the team for that team. And obviously, he's just a guy out there right now reeling for attention because he knows. And and now he's coming out saying things too now, apparently. So this is a – and then you try to get a Doka? You try to get a Doka on top yeah. of all this shit? I, I, 
mean, it's just here's the, the issue. If, speaking of stat padding, nobody is worse than James Harden. Oh, no, that I'm is the very definition. He went to my of, high school. Yeah, of empty calories. This was a guy that for a spell was averaging 35, 40 points with that funky style of play. And you kind of knew, like, this was great in the regular season. It's not going to translate in the playoffs. And that's what used to make me sick as a guy. Because me and you are about the same age, Jason. When people would actually say, is James Harden and or Kevin Durant a better scorer than Michael Jordan? I, I would say, you want to talk about recency bias. It's the Michael Jordan literally would score 50 points if he wanted to a game in this oh, era yeah. where That's you can't hit anybody. Rickman throws for 500 yards a game. Right. And there's no hand checking. You can't hit anybody at the rim. And it, this whole notion, well, Jordan couldn't shoot. No, he didn't want to shoot the three. The game was different. And so, that, like, that, it's hard to watch the NBA because I actually grew up, and it's much like boxing. I'll be, the, I'll be honest with you. Um, I think I've already seen the best of boxing, and I think I've already seen the best of what the NBA has to offer. I don't think it gets any better. That's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. That's a good point. I, you know, that's interesting, man. I was in Vegas, uh, Pat Perez, all week, and we were talking about the same thing. We were around a lot of big-time guys. We were like, man, what's going on? They're like, dude, we'll never see the golf game like it was. We'll never mm. see basketball like it was. I mean, think about it. People don't realize that's why Kobe to me is so undervalued. Uh, Jordan, we, we everybody's gonna say he's the goat. We, we get it. I, I'm a Kobe guy. I think Kobe's the best ever because this is why the whoa debates it. Either. Really? Yeah, this is my take on it. Ah. and nobody's ever debated it. And I've always brought it up, Steve, and everyone. No one really understands it. And then when I say it, people think about it like, huh, it makes an interesting point. Okay, but look, first of all, we played. Those guys played in the era where there was no zone defense, right? It was all man matchup. You had a legal defense. If you did jump into a zone, it was illegal. You shot a free throw, took the ball out. Nowadays, you have zone defense. Shaquille O'Neal, whatever you want to call it, that got this thing put in. Kobe Bryant played with the single most ball-dominant player in the history of the sport, other than Wilt Chamberlain, maybe, Shaquille O'Neal. Jordan played with fucking Luke Longley. He played with Winnington, Bill Winnington. He played with Pippen, who just wanted to play D, get on the fast break, dunk it, shoot a three here and there. Rodman wasn't a scorer. You had two shooters, Kerr and Bushler, and then you played with Craig Hodges later, earlier. But when did Ku Coach came later? When was there another player that you had to share equal opportunity ball threats with like Kobe had to do with Shaq. Well, okay. I, I That's not a bad point, but I will say this. They both basically won their championships under the same system, the text winner triangle. So they did have to share the ball. Here's where I think Jordan's a little bit different, why I think he's number one. It's the physical trait, Jay. He had such large hands. One thing about Kobe, he didn't have large hands. I remember Kobe used to go into the, to the lane. He'd have to like be like a fullback sometimes to get through everybody. I used to love when he'd do that because that was his way of saying, get the out of my way. I'm winning this game. Jordan had such big hands. He could do things with that basketball yeah. that not even Kobe could do. And he was, and look, I don't think Kobe or Michael, there's not much of a difference in terms of shooting skill. No. I do think Michael had better shooting judgment. Because Kobe used to take some shots. He had some of the most acrobatic misses I've ever seen. His, his oh, imagination in shooting the ball. 
Here's, here's where I will defend Kobe. The years after Shaq left, after we got destroyed by Detroit, those were some dark years. But before Pau Gasol was traded, which turned around our franchise, we won two more. Jason, that stretch of basketball where Kobe would literally score four straight games of 50. He, he outscored the Dallas Mavericks over three quarters by yeah, himself. And three quarters. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, it was 63-62. And I remember watching that game. We blew out the Mavericks who made the NBA Finals that year. I'm with my buddy, and when, when they took him out, I was like, no, 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 wait a minute. I never got to see Walt Chamberlain score 100. What are you doing? Oh, yeah. I would have kept going, but the game was like a 35-point game. He then the 81-point game is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Jason, I'll never forget. That was the day I came home from a Pacquiao-Eric Morales fight. It was also the weekend of the NFL playoffs. So ESPN Sports Center, they never will talk about the NBA on those weekends until about the third segment. My buddy calls me, middle or late third quarter. He goes, hey, Steve, what's going on? You know, Kobe has like 70. And I go, that's a good game. He goes, Steve. The game's still going on. I, I When I'm watching this, and I rewatched that game, they were down 18 with about six minutes left in the third quarter. Yeah. And, and the effort that he put in those years where he did not win the MVP, which I thought was a travesty, there's the argument for that. But here's where I think Jordan's just different. Jordan, for about seven years, when he really had his legs, at the same time was the best offensive and defensive player at the same time, it's it, and the things that he did, and he played in an era which was rough and tough. Could you imagine what LeBron, what he'd look like against the bad boys? He would look like horrible, hammer dog shit because he can't shoot <laughs> or like a free throw. <laughs> I mean, as bad as LeBron flops now, could you imagine him driving the lane with Bill Lane Beer and Rick Mahorn waiting oh, on you? Man. And they're not trying to go for the ball. The New York Knicks, the game of force when Pat Riley went there with Xavier McDaniel, Mace. I mean, those that that was hockey with the Larry Johnson and then that those teams like Oakleys. Yeah, so I mean, look, I don't think look Jordan to me is number one. Kobe is by far the second best shooting guard. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the only thing with Kobe was, I wish at times he would just dump the ball in because I do think him and Shaq had issues, but the fact. I love the fact, though, as a Laker fan, I hated it when Shaq left the Lakers, won the title with the Heat, and he started talking a little bit about the Laker organization. He said, Kobe, how's my ass taste? I got great satisfaction as a Laker fan that Kobe was able to win two more and was able to surpass Shaq. I thought that was a big feather in his cap. Me too. I, I'm the same way. I, I said the same thing. Um, I, it's interesting. I, I like that. I, it's a, I'm the same way, though, and uh, – I don't know. I just players didn't have what Kobe had though. Kobe and Jordan, all of them guys had the same. Hey, could then, you imagine Kobe load managing? They, they, but they. Could you imagine him taking a game uh, off just because he, he, he would tell the coach, GTFO, I'm playing. This is what I do. I love basketball. I mean, I, mean, I, I knew the Clippers were going to run into an issue with Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, man, he's another because bust. I, I, I like you. Show me a guy who has to be pushed out there to do your profession and you're going to run into a guy that you're not going to like. And you still make that money? Like <sighs> in today's I, NBA. That's yes. My that's my issue with the Kyrie's and the Ben Simmons and the, and, and the Kawhi Leonard's and the Paul George. Everyone misses all these games. Everyone thinks they're great. 
Steve, could you imagine me and you going to the forum yeah. in 1986 oh. and Magic and Kareem play the Celtics and Bird, and we get there, our parents paid, me yeah. and you went as friends, and our parents spent, <laughs> back then, probably $200 still was a lot, and we get there, and yeah. these fuckers are sitting there, load managed, sitting on the sideline. Yeah, we get to see Wes Matthews and Sven Nader. Because we don't, we don't have... Yeah. Social media, no, so we wouldn't have known their load managing. So you would have had boo birds. You would have had like fights. My dad would have went down there and fought Kurt Rambis. Jason, you know how much different it is. I remember it was during the one of the last championship years of Showtime. Okay, so the Lakers were playing the 82nd and final game of the regular season in Portland. Game doesn't mean a thing. There's no home court advantage. The playoffs are already set. Pat Riley decides. Magic, Byron, James, Kareem, you're all sitting. One game, the 80s. You know David Stern find the Lakers? Yes. Flat out said, nope, not doing yes. that. You're not doing that. That is not the NBA. We owe this to the thing that maddens me, Jason, and me and you are now media. You can admit it, you're media now, right? What I hate about the mainstream media, God. us, not us, we're not mainstream, we're renegades, right? These media members. Do not want to call out these players because they're so afraid of the social media blowback. Oh, you don't understand what they're going through or you're being or the, the, the racial angle. They always bring that up. That's what I like about your show and the show that we do with Whitlock. We have enough balls to call it out. It's unprofessional behavior. And this is what you have created. And now you have to live with it. Uh, Bottom line. Uh, no doubt. I mean, I just I don't get it. I, I don't understand that these cats are so soft and scared to say the real i don't understand it it will set you free uh it really will uh let me ask you this um next year we got a lot of free agents coming up but i but more than that i i just want here's the guys that aren't free agents and mix and, and thrown in with the free agents i gotta ask you go down this list Derek Carr is he a raider next year or not no they've moved on and that's why he got so emotional and we talked about this on monday he realizes his time as an Las Vegas, still funny for me to say, as a Raider, has come to an end. I think he realizes he's seen the light at the end of the tunnel, and that light is a moving van. It's a U-Haul. He's out of there. No doubt. Uh, Carson Wentz. Oh, I agree with you. I stick with the beer kid, Heineke. He gives them a certain energy. I used to be a Wentz fan, but he's never been the same guy after the injury. One way or the other. I mean, that year he got injured, J.B., he was actually in the MVP discussion. He got hurt at the Coliseum. I know. He tried to act like a tight end instead of a quarterback by diving into the end zone. I stick with Heineke because something about that kid's energy, I saw a team that played very hard for him. If I'm Ron Rivera, I keep the kid in there. There's a lot of issues out there before I, I give you the next name. There's a lot of financials out here this coming up year um, to figure out because Derek Carr has a contract. Mm. You, have, you have guys like... You, you got a lot of financials that it's going to be interesting on how they move certain guys uh, and who's willing to take on contracts. What? How many? Maybe you said it. A lot of these quarterbacks are overpaid. So on one end, as as the ink dries, the team is thinking, okay, we have we have settled our quarterback next decade. That's our. Here's the problem: if that guy's not the guy in four years, you're thinking, oh Jesus, who's going to want to take this lemon? Drafting another. <laughs> that's, one. The, that's the reality. All right, Baker Mayfield. Baker's a backup. 
Honestly, I I actually kind of like P.J. Walker. I think he's a good stopgap. Look, is Baker good enough to be an NFL quarterback, one of those 70 guys that's going to earn a paycheck? Yes. But is he ever going to be a front-line starter? From what I've seen as just a casual observer and what you've seen as an expert viewpoint, I think the answer would be no, right? No, he's horrible. He's got no impact. Him and Carson went to the top two worst overrated quarterbacks in my generation. Uh, before, I don't want to even get to these two yet. Uh, Taylor Haneke, uh, because of financials, do you see them moving on from Wentz and keeping him as their guy? Yes. Or are they drafted this year? Well, here's the issue. Um, let's say the Redskins are right around 500. Let's say they go 8-9 and nine or 9-8, nine and eight, right, with this new 17-game schedule. They're not going to be in position, and I don't know what you think of C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or, or Will Levis at Kentucky, who I don't like at all. It's generally quarterbacks are now overdrafted. So if you're right in that wheelhouse of mediocrity, um, if you're not able to completely move up and, and don't have the draft capital to get into the top five to get a quarterback that you love, and I don't mean reach, I mean really love, I would actually stick with the kid a little bit and see where this goes. And again, I don't know if he's a long-term answer or not. I mean, I, me and Sean Salisbury have been saying this. Like, we're drafting every year a quarterback. Yeah. Like, when is that going to stop? And we're going to – there's guys out there, me and Sean broke down, the Cooper Rushes, the 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 the, the Mills mm -hmm. of the world in Texans. Um, we got these other guys out here that are floating around that Geno Smith has proven yes. that he can win games. You got guys out here that you can win games with and build a roster around and sustain a few years and be a playoff team instead of going after these rookie quarterbacks that have never played it down in the yeah. NFL and giving them the keys to the car and saying, here you go. It's like it's ignorance at it all JB, time. You know what's interesting? And you've said this. A lot of these quarterbacks are not ready to play. There used to be a time, and I remember this, Steve McNair coming out of Alcorn State actually made the cover of Sports Illustrated. People forget that. I think he finished in the top five in the Heisman race. Yeah, he did. At Alcorn State, they ran. They actually ran like a full-blown spread. Yeah. So did. he threw, but it didn't fit the NFL at that time. Right. When they drafted him, and the, the Titans were actually still in Houston, Jeff Fisher said, you're not playing. We're going to redshirt you. In fact, I've looked it up. Steve McNair's first two years, he threw, I think, I think he didn't even throw 150 passes combined. They basically said to McNair, you need to learn how to be a quarterback. You're going to watch and learn from Chris Chandler. But till the third year comes, you're not, you know, it's funny, JB. I think part of me says there needs to be more quarterbacks going through that type of a, apprenticeship. Steve, they didn't let Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Holmes yeah. play year one. Right. Like, I don't understand why everyone's sewing up in arms now. Like, dude, those guys didn't play, and they're probably who yeah. they are for it. So, all right, let me get to some – let's get to some uh, brass tacks here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, is he a Packer? No, it feels over. It really does, and I, I'm a big Rodgers fan, but I am not as big a fan as I was. It lost too many home playoff games. I know. And I don't know if he's brought the intangibles from a leadership standpoint. If I'm Aaron Rodgers the last couple of years, I don't let Devontae Adams. I, I tell that management, guys, we're a package deal. I, I look at Rodgers, and I know that uh, Christian Watson made some plays on Sunday. 
but he looks around going, where the hell is Jordy Nelson? Where's my James Jones? Where's my Craig? I mean, he's literally throwing to just guys. I know. But, I, I, but and you know what's funny? And I think they've got to come to a realization, LaFleur, one of those boy wonder coaches. They need to run the ball more. I know. I thought that from week one, they have a good one-two punch with A.J. Dillon and Jones. Finally, they did it against Dallas, and it worked out for them, but it just kind of feels over. And unfortunately, I believe that since that Super Bowl they won in 2010, the Packers and the Rodgers as a combination, they have underachieved, unfortunately. It hurts to say that, but they have. Oh, they have a lot. Um, Tom Brady, is he done? Is he coming back? Is he no? Now that he's got that nagging wife who's dating that uh, jujitsu guy, oh, I think he's free. He's free. You're good, Tom. Tom seems, to, you know, someone mentioned this, but Tom seemed to have a lot of fun in Germany playing football. Kind of well, looked like a younger, fresher, more vibrant version of TV 12. Look, it, I get the sense Tom will be like Jerry Rice, who I believe is the greatest football player I've ever seen. Just position for position, just dominant, everything. But Jerry Rice decided, I'm going to get all of the football out of my system. But by the time I walk away, I'm not going to be like one of these boxers that says, I'm retired. And two years later, they're back in the gym. And it's like, oh, why? Remember, Jerry Rice retired as a Bronco. Yeah, People forget that because he spent one year in Seattle because he had to get it all out of his system. Tom Brady is still playing at a pretty high level. And as long as they can run the ball, and I think they found something with Rashad White and make it easy, hand the ball off 25, 30 times, don't put it all on him, let the receivers get healthy, bring back Ryan Jensen. Why Why would right now, if that marriage is not going to be repaired and Giselle's moved on, lucky him, why would he retire? If you love football, play football. And if you could play football, play football. God damn, Joe Steve. He's going to be 46. <laughs> The new rules, though. The new rules. No, there's no more eight Kittles getting killed out there. Blood. Dude, I want to turn back now. Um, <laughs> let me ask you this. Uh, there's a couple interesting ones here. Um, you got Jimmy G and Frisco. Trey Lance. I think. I don't think he was ever even close to being. I'm with you on that. that. Trey Lance was not ready to play ball. I, look, if you go back to the COVID year, he played one game. I know. They played that. They played that showcase game in like April or March. That was the strangest thing ever, by the way. I said, like, what the hell is that? And then he decides to go into the draft. And then when I've seen him, look, could he throw the deep pass as uh, Shanahan dialed up one of his fancy plays? Yes, he could do that. But all the intermediate stuff, he did not look ready. This is interesting. Um, Bill Parcells had a rule about drafting quarterbacks high. He had these markers. You had to start at least 30 games. You had to graduate. You had to do a bunch of things. You had to have a certain winning percentage. All those check, you know, Trey Lance had none of those. I played the FC. I didn't play fucking D1. Right. And so I'm kind of looking at this, and you called it. His style of play was going to get him hurt. It, 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 that, that took all of three quarters. <laughs> I mean, I, but what do I know, man? I always say that. It's like, it's unbelievable. So, but do you see Jimmy G being back there? Unless they over him to too, a Super Bowl, no, because keep this in mind. It's not even about the player sometimes. This is a business. Look at what John Lynch had to give up to get Trey Lance. It wasn't just the draft choice. Like, they actually gave up some other stuff, and you know the way it is. Sometimes it's not about the better. Now, if Jimmy G goes on a hot run, which I'm not sure I like Jimmy G, but he's just way too inconsistent. 
He misses way too many wide open throws. They don't score that much, by the way. For all that weapons they have, ever seen their games? They're always in the 17s to the low 20s. They don't blow teams out like they should. So yeah. unless Jimmy G leads them to the promised land, I, I think they're almost forced to go back to the kid. Gosh, damn, that's crazy. I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, and I don't. I just don't see the 49ers having um, the outside guy. Debo's not an outside guy, in my opinion. He's more of a move guy that you have to get the ball in various different ways. Uh, he's not an outside guy to just line up and let's go beat a 6'3 corner deep for a fade. That's not his game. Ayuk's 5'11", 6 foot, yeah. similar type of guy. They have no outside guy. So when you get to the red zone, you struggle because you double Kittle. You have to match up McCaffrey now because that's what they're going to do. They're going to they're yeah. free-release McCaffrey to the Kittle side. They're going to try to high-low an option route because you have no outside wideouts. You can double those guys now. And I see the Niners having some problems this year. I don't I don't like the roster. Coach, you know what's interesting? I love Kittle. I think he's the most explosive athlete we have at tight end. I've seen him run away from defensive backs down the seam. He never gets thrown the ball. I know. I, there's literally quarters at a time I'm thinking, get 85. And you guys say it all the time. Think players, not plays. If you are Shanahan, there has to be a list of plays on that fancy laminated sheet. Okay, Kittle, we're going to dial up five plays. And I don't mean a little curl. There's too many games where Kittle is blocking his ass off because he's a really good blocker. But then he has three catches. For 32 yards, I'm thinking, what a waste of a talent. Well, I'll tell you as a coach, I'll tell you as a coach, though, just imagine. Let me ask you this. If you have Devontae Adams out here and you got Kittle right here, there's no way to double Kittle now. Yeah. And right now, you're getting a lot of bracket coverage on, J on Kittle because they have no outside guy. And when you have a lot of Debo doing a lot of this back and forth, motion from the back and in the slot and doing these things and mm. getting reverses, you ain't got to worry about him as a double team guy. You just got to gimmick check him. Yeah. So you got Ayuk out here. It's a very similar slot receiver. You don't have no guy you have to double. So Kittle is number one priority. And that's why, in my opinion, watching the Niners, um, they're struggling right there with him. Uh, that's just my opinion. Coach, I got a question for you. and I, I, I love watching this stuff. I'm a nerd for it. I was watching the Hard Knocks, and they're doing an in-season thing on the Arizona Cardinals. Did you I watch that last night? I haven't I haven't watched one yet. I think if I do that and I do another tweet, I'll have a fucking viral fucking tweet. Yeah, because every time I see Kyler Murray, I now think of you. I really do. So I watched the Ram game yesterday. It was a local game out there in between some of the red zone stuff. And it was amazing to see Colton McCoy, the old pro. Every play was bang, 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 out. Balls out. One, two, three, bang. And it was funny. So... I noticed it immediately, like, like, wow, this offense looks more functional, more organized, more in sync. It looks cleaner, right? So there's this scene, NFL Films is on the Cardinal sidelines. So the defensive backs are just hanging out watching the game. And what? And the backs are talking. They're like, man, Colt is getting that ball out quick. Like, they're really amazed that they're watching this. And one of them says, yeah, well, Colt knows where all the hot reads are. He knows where all the checkoffs are. They said that? They actually said that. On, it's almost like they were saying – yeah, you know, the other guy, kind of, they didn't say it, but they said it without saying it. Well, the other guy, you know, he kind of holds on to it. But it was really interesting that I don't even think they realized what they were saying. I just wonder if Colt McCoy starts another game or two, and I don't know what the hell the Kyler Murray is, 
I I kind of like what Colt brought to that offense on Sunday. He brought stability and professional quarterbacking to the table. Uh, Steve, me and Sean have been saying it, man. There's some guys out here. Cooper Rush, Davis Mills, yeah. uh, Colt McCoy, Taylor Heineke, Geno Smith. There are serviceable quarterbacks out here that you can give other roster pieces to fit around that can yeah. service your roster and get you to a team. I'm just telling you right now, you don't have the issues dealing with Cooper Rush as you do with Dak Prescott. Yeah. Because the money is here, and you have to throw the ball 46 times with Dak Prescott, which is not a strong suit, but that's what the Cowboys did the other day, and they yeah. lost. 28-14 fourth quarter. You got to bring that game home. And, you know, and again, your reality TV is not reality. But what was interesting about watching Colt McCoy in this uh, show last night, he really is like that coach on the field. I, I could see him actually coaching after he's done because in the meeting rooms, he's so attentive. And, like, he's actually telling the coach, hey, I think we need to do this. And on the practice field, because four of their five offensive linemen are gone. So they're starting just riffraff up. And here's Kyler Murray. Here's Kyler Murray in the back of the meeting rooms. Yeah. <laughs> playing Pac-Man. <laughs> playing Galaga. Dude. Trying to get the double guy, right? But, and, and, but Colt McCoy on the practice field is really attentive to other guys. Like, telling him, hey, make sure we do this. It's almost like his limited athleticism helps him cerebrally because he has no other choice no but doubt. to be a student of the game no doubt uh no that's what it is i'm just telling you we're gonna i can't wait me and sean are gonna break this down today but kyler murray dude, he's just a mental midget um <laughs> let, me a this, one too. let me get into this one though but sean watson i i still think there's more girls coming out i don't think he's gonna even play this year and do you see him back next year uh, yeah, again, when you they've already committed to it for better or worse. I know, but what if the NFL just says, you know what, man, we can't have you as a face of our league because this this thing's getting out of hand. There's another 30 girls coming out. Yeah, uh, by the way, I think I saw a TMZ report, by the way, of him. I think he's practicing now. I think that suspension's coming to an end. You yeah, know, he, he can play in two weeks. I think he can play. He can practice now. The more I – if I'm a Cleveland Brown fan, which I am not, but I do watch some of their games, the more I see Jacoby Brissett, the more forgiving I become of Deshaun Watson. Oh, look, I, Jacoby's good enough to be a backup. He's had a nice career. He's going to earn a lot of money being the next Charlie Batch. He'll earn millions of dollars with a clipboard and a visor on his head. He holds the ball too long. I mean, the Browns are actually in a lot of games. But there's a play here or a play there. And I always think, you know, Deshaun could have made that play. I mean, this is a business. I don't think the NFL will tell a team that put this much into any player. No, he's banned. I just don't see it. I really don't. And look, by the way, the Brown fans, based on their reaction and the way they acted towards Deshaun in the training camp, for and look, I'm not making a judgment. They don't seem to care. They just want to win. Hey, let me ask you this. Let me ask you how this is how screwed up we are in society. <laughs> Let's cancel Dave Chappelle, but let we're okay with fucking Deshaun Watson. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, I mean that, man, it's unbelievable. That's the thing, and, and a lot of these NFL reporters are female. They're always some of them are always screaming about me too, equal rights, right? Um, uh, toxic males, right? But when it comes to Deshaun Watson, all of a sudden they're they're really silent. And by the way, I don't see any of those girls at the WNBA games either. I don't see. You know what's funny about that? Me and Jason have talked about this a lot. 
um, if you're going to have this discussion about why the WNBA does not succeed, okay, I've always said do not blame the men. The last I checked, if you look at the U.S. Census, half this country is still women. Is it not, Jason? Yeah. (laughs) First and foremost, they don't go to the games. I say the same shit. They're not going to the games at all. I think Bill Burr came out and blasted that out. Yeah. Uh, all right, here's the, here's the final one. You know, everybody hates me because of this one. Um, Lamar Jackson. Is he a Raven or yes. not? Yes. Uh, me and Matt themes, it seems to think he's not going to be a Raven. He doesn't get paid, but I don't think it's going to be in Baltimore. Oh, you know, he, uh, me and Whitlock have talked about this a lot. I think he gets signed, and a lot of it, not all of it, has to do with the community and the business. Lamar is such an iconic player. Now, I'm not saying he's at that Ray Lewis level or even Ed Reed or Jonathan Ogden, but if you were about to carve out a Mount Rushmore of Baltimore Ravens, those first three names, their faces are on there, right? Couldn't you make an argument with an MVP and the stuff that he's done and his popularity that Jackson is that fourth mug? How do you not sign him? I'd go Jamal Lewis. Okay. Jamal Uh, Lewis was good. Tony Siragusa, Sam Adams. uh, McAllister was really good. I mean, yeah, there's some great players, but he's a quarterback. He's won an MVP. Uh, Now. But let me ask you this. I would argue, though, Trent Dilfer's on my list ahead of him. Oh, wait wait a minute. (laughs) JP. This is the this is the great this is why disagreements create great conversation. This guy is a guy that couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. Right. His claim to fame was throwing a pop pass to Shannon Sharp, who went 99 yards to beat the Raiders in a playoff game, and he won a Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson hasn't won anything meaningful yet. Yet. Right. But here's okay. You don't, I don't you see him winning meaningful either. Wait a minute. You're saying Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl? I'd like to think the 2000s Ravens defense led by Ray Lewis won the Super Bowl. We classify things in this business. You know as well as I know the quarterback comes down to being a one percenter. Hey, Eli Manning's got two bowls. You know, but Jason, from a pure football standpoint, if you sign Lamar Jackson, um, and let's say it's not the Ravens, don't you have to revamp the whole offensive side of the ball, though? See, there are certain quarterbacks, I believe, with systems like the West Coast offense, whatever. It's plug and play, basically. Maybe terminology is a little bit different. Oh, no, no, no. Play. You're exactly 1,000% correct. That's why I say this. he's not going back there. This is what I can tell you right now before you continue on. I see Harbaugh being gone. I see the roster being blown up. I see everything involved in this thing because Harbaugh and that GM and that organization has been so one. Let's go one mind thought on this. Lamar Jackson, guess who our backup's going to be? RG3. Guess what happens if Lamar Jackson comes out? We run the same offense. Guess what happened? Who's his backup? Huntley. Guess what we run when he comes out? Hmm. Same offense. Guess who the one kid they had, McSorley, the white kid, he was an option guy too. So everyone was bought into this thing. And you know what? Hollywood Brown said, huh. (laughs) Everyone in my position is getting the largest bags ever, and I'm getting three balls a game. I got to go. And then you start seeing the market go like this and wide out. Now the wide out market has gone through the roof. Quarterback market already been through the roof. And now you see Whiteout's not wanting to go to Baltimore. 
Now the Ravens have a scenario where we have not won yet this way. We have to go back to the traditional way. As if Justin Fields gets hurt, guess who comes in? Dalton, Andy Dalton. And guess what we're doing? We're running a completely different offense, like you're saying. That is what the NFL does every year. I mean, there's no there's no triple option offense in the NFL because we don't have triple option quarterbacks after Lamar Jackson or RG3. So the Ravens bought into this thing, and I think it's hit him in the mouth, man. You just can't win right. that with the NFL. So, JB, let's go through this scenario. Let's say the Ravens win 10 to 12, 13 games. Still a possibility. Let's say they win a playoff game or two and at least get to the AFC championship game. Okay? Don't you think the Ravens almost have to re-sign Lamar Jackson at that point? Yeah. That fan base is going to – there's going to be a mutiny in Baltimore if you do not sign that. That guy is unbelievably popular. Let's be fair. He is productive within that style of play. Yeah, but it's not sustainable, and that's the problem. I don't dis- I don't disagree, but here's the issue. Then you have Who to look replace him with. You have to look at this going forward. Right now, his his so two years ago he was making eighty yards runs. Yeah. See, so no one wants to break this down. He was going eighty two years ago. Last year he was going sixty. This year he's going forty. <laughs> Diminishing returns. You're doing 20-yard runs because Father Time's no joke, and yeah. you're an injury away, and now you see people walking him down where you never saw him yeah. get caught before. Now he's getting walked down. So now the organization's sitting there like, okay, I'd rather have my wideout making these 80-yard runs, not my quarterback. <laughs> and get let me, let me put it in perspective. Who's the guy you're seeing right now do it? Justin Fields. He's fucking Walter Payton right now. So <laughs> – Guess what? He's Lamar Jackson as a rookie and a second-year player. And in, in next year, Justin Fields' 80-yard run is going to be 60, and the next year it's going to be 50. And he hasn't gotten better mechanically in throwing the football, and now we're going to implode that Bears roster in three years too. And it's happening over and over. Kyler Murray, what are we seeing now? It, I mean, like, when are we going to – but what do I know? But all I'm saying is that this isn't sustainable because if you do sign him for this money and – The first thing coming, God forbid now, I love Lamar as far as a character and a person. He gets hurt because he's running around Mm. and gets hurt, and you just wasted $250 million on him. Yeah. You have no wideouts either, and you have no backup quarterback to get him the ball, and you have no running. Like, what are we doing? Like, you have to, you have to make a grown man CEO decision at this after this year and say, we're going back traditional, we're gonna draft or trade for a quarterback. We're going to go get some wide outs and we're going to go because our defense is always intact and going to go back to traditional style and try to win a Super Bowl like we did um, when we beat the Niners. I mean, that's all I can see you doing because this isn't going to win you a Super Bowl. I'm just saying it again. Lamar Jackson is so popular. He's the face of the franchise. And everything you say is valid. I actually agree with almost all of it. But if you do not re-sign Lamar Jackson as the Ravens, I believe the fan base will turn on you. Hey, That's all I'm saying. Hold hold cut Peyton Manning. No, but that's after like 13, 14 years. That's a little bit different. I'm saying this is equivalent, in my opinion, because of his style of play. His sixth year yeah. is equivalent to Peyton Manning's 13. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. And, and the one thing I notice about the Ravens games, especially without Mark Andrews, 
a good pass offense, in my view, I've always said has 15 easy throws. Like Drew Brees was a master. Like every game Drew Brees went into, I knew there was going to be at least 15 completions because he ran certain th- things. He could do it with his eyes closed. Too many games with Lamar, it's like Lamar drops back, and it's like, okay, the route concept's not there. You can't ex- – and he has to become Superman. You're right. It's not sustainable. And the one thing I've noticed of a lot of his games and Kyler Murray, there's a lot of excitement going on. There's a lot of oohs and ahs and highs. You know what's funny? You know what there's not a lot of? Actual points. I'm just telling you, when I watch Red Zone, I look at certain teams, it's like, wow, everyone's not even at 20 points by the by the end of the third quarter. And, and see, only proving why I keep saying yeah. quarterback play is at an all-time low, and everyone that don't know what the hell they're talking about wants to sit here and tell me, oh, no, Coach, because yeah. we're playing quarters coverage, and everyone's backed yeah. off. Shut the hell up. No, it isn't. Quarterbacks are shitty and – and, Steve, I've said it on Jason's show. I've said it again. I'll say it again. I did not say that the quarterbacks are not the most freakish, gifted, athletically yeah. gifted quarterbacks of all time. They may very well be. Josh Allen just didn't float around the, the NFL back in our day. Either did Mahomes. Either did any of these other guys. Lamar Jackson's. I understand the athlete. But the quarterback, as a position and specific, getting the job done, these guys aren't even close. These not, Jason, they're not even close to being good. Coach, the most two overrated stats in football now are um, pass yards per game and pass yards per season. Because there used to be a statistical marker that the way you judge a quarterback's efficiency is the easiest way to do analytics. Yards per pass attempt. And there are so many games now <clears throat> where you look at the stat line. 457 yards, you're thinking, wow, that's great. But then you look, 58 attempts, that's not that efficient. That means you're dinking, you're dunking, you're doing the bubble screens, you're doing the check downs. You're not actually driving the ball down the seam and challenging over the top. You're not making the difficult throws. The And also, pass completions. When I was growing up, Jason, you were growing up, <clears throat> if you were a quarterback over 55%, man, you were really a marksman. Now everyone's in the high 60s. Well, but again, if I'm allowed to throw a dozen bubbles and shovels, you shouldn't be anywhere. You shouldn't ever be less than 63, 64, 65%. That's why sometimes the stat – Benjamin Franklin once said it, Coach. There are lies, damn lies, and then statistics. And quarterback numbers today prove that. Let Me, I'm, me and Sean broke it down before we get out of here. Me and Sean <laughs> broke it down. Dan Marino threw for 300 yards some crazy amount of time. We I forgot now. We broke mm-hmm. it down. We pulled it up. And he he threw – he had 20 completions in his career like 300 times or something. Um, and in those 20 completions, he threw for 300 yards like 17 times of those. Hmm. Jalen Hurts threw 17 completions the other day for 175 yards. We're seeing this over and over and over and over that these 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 guys, 11, 12, 13 quarterbacks a, a, a week, every week, throwing yeah. for under 200 yards, and they still have 22, 25 completions. And I'm like, 22, 25 completions in the NFL back in the day were 335, 40-yard yeah. games. <laughs> and because we're not throwing in the teeth of the defense, Jason, everything is a now game because we're scared that these cats don't know what the fuck they're doing, and that's what it is. Kyler Murray don't know what he's doing. Clear as day, Colt McCoy did. 
you put Troy Aikman in in a in today's offense, especially as tough as Troy was, and you cannot hit him because he took some of the most vicious shots I have ever seen. I still remember his rookie year. Why Anthony, tired? Yeah, I mean Anthony Bell ripped him. He got carried off the field his rookie year. He threw a deep crossing route that that they that thought won the game till Everson Walls blew a coverage and Jimmy cussed him off the field. But anyway, um, guys like Phil Sims is another guy I think is vastly underrated. In today's Hostetler. Yeah. Guys like that, I mean, I'm just telling you, there used to be a time where if you threw for 4,000 yards, that was an unbelievable now, – now that's average. Yeah, 5,000. average now, Jason. It's no big deal. It really is. Derek Carr threw for 5,000 last year. What did that get him? Empty calories, man. Empty calories. <laughs> hey, man, it's been great. We got to have you on more, man. This is great. I Shit, we just ad-libbed the whole show. I didn't even get through anything I was going to ask you, so it's been fucking great, man. Well, Jason, uh, I'm in L.A. We got to watch a, a weekend of games together. Let's, let's put that on the bucket list, brother. Hell yeah, no doubt. We'll get together. All right, appreciate All you. Right, Have a great day. You. I'll see you later on. Appreciate Korean Cosell coming on in here, man, and giving us some wisdom. Uh, I like that guy, man. He does a hell of a job on Whitlock, and he uh, – he can really, really speak. I like him a lot. Uh, hey, man, it's been a great day. We're already at hour th- after hour three. Shit. Uh, been a lovely one. Hey, the artist. Uh, I don't know. I don't think you know what the fuck you're talking about. So don't ever come to me talking about football ever again. Unless you become a member. So shut the fuck up. You sound like a fucking idiot in here. I'll see you guys on the other side. Don't miss tonight's fourth install of Last Chance Q with Sean Salisbury. We'll be breaking down quite a bit of film tonight. Uh, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Appreciate you. I'll see you tomorrow morning, Fearless Friday. Peace.